We are back yeah. on the Dirty <laughs> Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are live in the mansion 1.0 this time. Only 27 the rooms here. The original, the OG is what, well, actually it'd be the OM, the original mansion. There you go. Okay. And we are here and we are joined by two of our very favorite guests here on episode number 48. Eight. Yes. Yeah. On the way to number 50. How Huge. about that? You, it's going to be huge, and we're going to talk about that during this podcast. We're joined by Jam and Jason. Jam and Jason, welcome back. Thank you for having me. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah? How about those O's? How oh, about them O's? Is that wonderful. what they say? Wonderful. They're wonderful? Yeah. yeah well. What about that signing? <laughs> Who was that, that that picture that they signed for $47 million, and then he came out and stunk off the joint? Remember yeah, that? got crushed yesterday. I, I can't believe it. Yeah, they, uh, you're already forgetting point. his yeah, name. at this point. Yeah. And that's what we're already <laughs> so are they for. still letting him play, or did they like take him out? No, he's a pitcher. They'll let him play in a couple oh, of days. He's yeah. in the rotation, I think. Okay. So maybe he'll get another shot. Maybe. But uh, we can't go another second without mentioning the man who is starting the merch of Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. He brought this to the WrestleMania party that was happening in and around the area. We are talking about the one, the only, C.M. Funk. How are you guys today? Oh, we're fantastic. How are Wonder- you, sir? I'm fantastic, too. And again, CM Funk, king of non-social media. You can uh, like me on the in the white pages, <laughs> in my church directory, and also by Carrier Pigeon. And that's uh, hashtag no hashtag. Please. Hashtag no hashtag. Right. That, is, that is great. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised Vince didn't come up with this gimmick first. Yeah. But uh, you did it. It'll be there on Monday night. Don't worry. It, it'll be there because they always steal you know, the best stuff from the people they don't even know. Exactly. So <laughs> welcome back, CM Funk. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, you got the gray t-shirt on. Everything he just said is... Pretty much on the T-shirt, as well as our Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast logo on the back, and it is orange. Uh, anything that brought the orange, or is it just you know Baltimore Orioles, or it's just that was what yeah. was available? Yeah, you know, representing Baltimore. Yeah, you know, it's represent. all about the orange in this town. So okay, and well, at least during this season, it'll be about, right, the, be purple. about the purple and black. Soon. Purple yeah. and black. That'll be the next shirt that you'll have yeah. to do in the next six months. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Am I getting kickbacks for this? Anytime kickbacks. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. You're gonna get a twenty percent bump in the salaries that oh, we receive. Fantastic. You know what 20% of zero is? <laughs> zero. <laughs> right. We do this for the fans because we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. And that's the end of the logo. I pointed at you, Sam Funk, to see if you wanted to add something onto that. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> we got the yup movement. We got the nope movement. Hashtag no hashtag. All right. So what are we here to talk about today? It is about a week removed from WrestleMania. I've got a large banner up in the mansion. It's It comes down never because it's always WrestleMania season here in the mansion. Um we had about 148 hours of wrestling in the past couple of weeks, and apparently it's still going on, right, CM Funk? Uh, that's what I saw. I turned on the network, and WrestleMania was still on. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Hawkins was finally getting his moment. So Unbelievable. Yeah. WrestleMania moment for Kurt Hawkins. Hey, it was a very interesting WrestleMania season. We had a lot of podcasts talking uh, leading up to this all on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, as it is on all of our paraphernalia here. We got papers, we got books, we got cards, we got coasters, we, and, and pretty soon we're going to have t-shirts. You know, CM Funk's going to hook us up with that. But um, on the way to number 50, and uh, before we get there, Big Ugly, we just got to talk about all things WrestleMania. Um, you know, there was a big WrestleMania party at, at uh, the Mansion 2.0, uh, so all is appreciated on that. 
but there's so much to talk about. Um, we're going to go into quick results of a couple things. We've got a lot of people that jumped into us on social media, guys. You know, they put up comments. They put up paragraphs. It was a lot of fun. I did not see that. I'm you sorry. did not. I, that's why we're going to share it. And you did not see that. But um, we're going to share it. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about NXT TakeOver. We're going to talk about WrestleMania. We're going to talk about the Raw after WrestleMania. And we're going to talk about the less exciting SmackDown after WrestleMania. <laughs> and then the NXT that was on the night before was just a pre-show to NXT TakeOver New Orleans. So we're not going to talk about that one so initial initial thoughts initial responses if i need to get one sentence or one word out of you about wrestlemania what would that be big ugly um it's just gotta be one word it can be one sentence one sentence it can be Um, one statement one initial thought i would just say more to be desired okay so yeah. it left you a little, left yeah. you a little cold. Yes. Like today, it's forty degrees. Yesterday it was eighty yeah. degrees, but it left yeah. you a little cold. CM Funk initial reactions to all things WrestleMania. Uh, confusing. Confusing. Okay. Yeah. Confusing. So left to be desired and confusing. Uh, how about you, Jam and Jay? Uh, two words: strange and exhausting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, we got a lot of critics here, and that's what we're here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. You know, I I enjoyed WrestleMania for what it was, but my initial word would be. <laughs> it's not even a word. It's like a sound. Tim Allen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tim Allen. Uh, the grunting uh, of Tim Allen. But there's still a lot to talk about, uh, including, you know, we've got the youngest champion in the history of WWE. We're going to talk about that. Uh, hashtag Nicholas. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know what? I already forgot. <laughs> no, apparently other people did not forget. Um, I had a name picked out for their tag team. Oh, you did? Brickless. <laughs> And that almost got the vitamin water zero (laughs) spit across the room. Uh, You know, Brickle, and we're going to get into that because we're going to get to WrestleMania. But uh, let's see, what's on my notes? I'm sure everybody's got notes here. Um, We saw, there there was a social media video, which you didn't see, CM Funk, of uh, Batista and CM Punk in Chicago about 24 hours before WrestleMania. So you know neither one of those was probably showing up for WrestleMania. And they didn't. we had the Hall of Fame that lasted roughly five, five and a half hours. Um, we had NXT TakeOver New Orleans, which was probably the best two hours of all-around wrestling that was over the entire weekend. And then we had WrestleMania, which legitimately seven hours-ish, probably still going on, as CM Punk said. Uh, CM Funk. And then, uh, then we have Raw and SmackDown and moving, moving forward. Um, we, we just want to say there's a lot of choices that you have in WrestleMania podcasts. This is, I wrote this down specifically because when I downloaded the podcast in the past week, there's like 50 of them, and that's not even all of them. That's just the ones that I subscribe to. Um, but we know you have a choice, and we appreciate you listening to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast because that's what we're here for, to give you all of this information and knowledge. So let's just start off at the beginning at the Hall of Fame. Um, Again, long, too long. Uh, the Actually, the best speech, and I think we all talked about this, was Kid Rock, and it was five minutes or less, and he didn't even show up on WrestleMania. Uh, didn't play The Undertaker out. Now, did you guys hear any rumor and innuendo about Kid Rock? I did not hear any rumor and innuendo. I, I just assumed he would be playing Undertaker out. Like I assumed mm-hmm. that would be the whole purpose of him getting inducted, mm-hmm. and that's what he'd be doing. Because during his package, they continued to play up the fact that you know he did music for the Undertaker. So right. that's what I thought. But I didn't hear anything about why he did not perform, why he didn't even come out. Because even if he didn't perform, 
It would seem like he at least would have walked out when they presented the Wrestle Hall of Famers, but he didn't do that either. So. Yep, and they know. didn't even announce him on yeah. WrestleMania. Bring him out. They didn't even have a star for him. Did either one of you, Jam and Jay, CM Funk, hear anything? See anything? No, no. Okay. So this is going to be on me. So uh, this is what I... Uh, listening to a couple pieces of the 50 or so podcasts that were downloaded this week, this is the... Rumor innuendo, and this is the common knowledge here of what's been said. Apparently, during his five-minute speech, there was a little bit of a political, you know, you remember him saying something about the Democrats or whatever it was. Uh, got a little political, got the wrong heat from the wrong person, and apparently he was pulled from WrestleMania. He was pulled from getting introduced as a Hall of Famer. He wasn't, he wasn't taken away from the Hall of Fame. He still has it, but he didn't come to WrestleMania. He did not play anybody out, as we talked about, but it was because of those political comments, and I think it was all something that had to do with Vince. You know, Vince heard something the wrong way, took something the wrong way. So they had to repackage that whole John Cena Undertaker thing that was going to happen, but it happened in a different way. So So what we saw was a sort of a last-minute get-together. So... He was supposed to play Undertaker out, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. This is what I this is what I heard. So we were going to see the American Badass Undertaker. We were going to see a combination of both. Okay. We were going to see the beginning, the gong, the slow entrance, and then we were going to see probably the American Deadass. The (laughs) could have been the American Deadass. Um, But then we were going to see everything kind of Kid Rock come out and start playing the song, and then him get on the motorcycle. He could have borrowed one of Triple H's motorcycles. (laughs) I mean, they had about fourteen of them during their entrance. Too. Um, and they could have been yeah. left over from last year because he did the same thing last year. Yeah. Triple H sort of remodified his entrance from last year. But that's the rumor and innuendo that I heard. Now, is it right? Is it wrong? They're just fans? I don't know. <laughs> so, do you guys remember what he said politically? Because I didn't watch the Hall of Fame. I can't watch the Hall of he, Fame. I he, can't he, he, yeah, he just made like a, a brief thing because supposedly Kid Rock wants to like you know run for uh, political office. He's old enough in, now. In, back in Michigan and stuff. And, yeah. And so he kind of said something along the lines of, oh, I'm not going to get into the political thing. And then he made like an offhanded comment about the Democrats because I guess he's Republican. And, right. And all. But he kind of like just brushed it off and like, you yeah. know, just said he was just joking and everything. It, yeah. it, to me, it was just funny. You know, there yeah. wasn't anything hurtful or harmful about yeah. it. But. And, and I mean, Vince is a Republican, so it would seem weird that he would take offense to something that was right. in line with his thinking already. Sure. Um, I, I don't know. No, no, yeah. It's, it's All right, so let me ask you this. Go ahead. Where, where did you get the rumor and you and you from? Where did they get this from? That was one of the podcasts, and that was like Court Bauer of MLW Radio. That was, uh, you know, Conrad Thompson and, and, and also uh, Bruce Pritchard, which now there's going to be apparently something else to wrestle with on the WWE Network, uh, which is a podcast, which is going to be Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, which yeah. is gonna be interesting the WWE Network coming out with a lot of new stuff but that's where I heard okay it. I mean I just feel like if that's if this is true I feel like it's petty it's very petty yeah. I, I mean like you induct a guy bad. into the Hall of right. Fame and then he says an offhanded comment which a lot of people talked for 40-45 minutes and said a lot of different stuff and he even closed it he said oh we're just humans or something like that we're just all people or yeah, humans, right. or something yeah. you know, we're all here we're all humans and he just kind of put everybody back on the same level playing field yeah. which was I don't understand if that's the reason now that could be right that could be wrong but you know, he was definitely not on WrestleMania. He definitely didn't get introduced into the Hall of Fame stage on WrestleMania. And he definitely didn't play The Undertaker down to the ring. And we're going to talk about that 2 minute and 37 second match that John Cena had with The Undertaker a little bit later. It'll probably take us about 23 seconds to talk about it. Um, <laughs> 
But anything else in the Hall of Fame a step up? You didn't see the Hall of Fame, uh, Big Ugly. Yeah, I, I, I can't watch them, man. I, I don't know. I, it it would have been a big chunk out of your day. I mean, <laughs> even watching the replay, like on Saturday night, uh, they had like an hour-long show in USA, and they did the highlights of the Hall of Fame, which... If you'd have watched it on Hulu, it would have been <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes long. So. Oh, we got to jump in with Hulu. Um, but anything, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they, you know, the, the, Darius, that little J.J. Uh, Robertson, he kind of stole the show. He did a good yep. job. Uh, Dana Warrior putting over her husband who passed away and got inducted into the Hall of Fame all in New Orleans four years ago. So that happened. Uh, Jeff Jarrett got a little emotional. Mark Henry did a little sexual chocolate. Uh, by the time it got to Goldberg at midnight, uh, half the people were gone. Um, yes. Who cares? Who cares? Not, yeah. <laughs> not who's next. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, but I love Goldberg, and he also left it open at the end for a possible return. So if Vince ever wants to have a big opponent for somebody or wants to pay some money out, Goldberg's always there to do a run. Now, I did hear that Goldberg didn't mention – he didn't really talk much about wrestling. He just mostly like put over his family and stuff. It wasn't all about, yeah, it wasn't about wrestling or his induction into the business or introduction into the business. It was a lot about, you know, family and even football and, like, his upbringing and things like that. You know what I mean? He did Not put a, over Sting. He did put over Sting. Yes, he did. Which is interesting. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't too much about the world of professional wrestling, which is interesting because he's getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. This is my problem with Goldberg, <laughs> man. Like, like, it's like, it's like he wants to be recognized for, it's almost like, all right, you, you guys know Vanilla Ice, right? So oh, vanilla, we love Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Love vanilla. So, right, everybody, everybody, <laughs> the Irish Festival. Right, everybody loves Vanilla Ice, you know, for what he did back in the early 90s. And then it's like he kind of went through this period where, like, he didn't want anybody to recognize him for that stuff. And it's like, bro, you're, you're freaking Vanilla Ice. Like, this is what we know you for. Yeah. Like, we're not going to know you, and we don't love you because of, like, this new stuff or whatever you got going on. It's like, you're Vanilla Ice. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, it's Goldberg. It's like... Nobody knew Goldberg played football, okay? Like, nobody right. cared. The reason Goldberg is famous is because of his wrestling career. You right. know what I'm saying? He, That's the reason he was in Universal Soldier. That's the reason he got <laughs> movie deals and all of this stuff. It's because he was a wrestler. But, like, he he consistently, like, brings up his football career and all of this. When it's like, bro, nobody knew you. Right. Like, like, nobody knew. He, 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 did, he did late in his speech bring up the fact that he had reconciled with his wrestling career. Though. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think finally came to the realization, to your point, that, you know, if it weren't for this, I wouldn't be standing here today type right. of thing. So he did. He did. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. He, did he did bring see, it up. He but did bring that up, yeah. But it was it was mostly about his kid and wanting to be there for his kid. And yeah, and being a superhero for people and all yeah. this other, which is great. But without professional wrestling, he would that never was, have a chance to do that. Yes. Yeah. Um, what did you think, uh, Jam and Jay? Goldberg, uh, Hall of Fame? That was kind of long-winded. Yeah. Especially at the end of the night. Sure. I, I would have preferred the Dudleys close the night. I think they had one of the most entertaining speeches. They had the most entertaining speech, but of course, you know, you got to get your main eventer in, and, and, and sure. more than likely the main eventer got to be. But I understand what but you're they, saying. By they, that time, it would have been good to wake people up. They put a staff member through the table. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good way to just close out the show. The yeah. camera shot on the guy went through the table, yeah. and it's all good. Yeah. So... But the, it's the Hall of Fame. It's every year, and we're going to see it every year, or some of us are going to see it every year. Uh, <laughs> big ugly. But um, <laughs> that's okay. The one I thought I would be bored with, and I really wasn't, was Ivory. I thought that was interesting Ivory? how she did the whole analogy with being married and 
Oh, that, yeah. that was pretty cool. That was, yeah. That was neat. That yeah, it was, was nice. Yeah. Good. And she not only was, I mean, she not only made it relevant, but also entertaining. So yeah. she did a good job. Yeah. yeah and, the, and the fact that she brought up the where she started, Outer and Glow, yep. you yeah. know, back in the mid-80s, which is very timely considering the Netflix show that's out there, you know, and yep. also. Um, so <laughs> kind of probably part of the reason, too, why Ivory went in this year was because yes. of the, the timing. But, right. And yeah, Glow overall, season good. two is yeah. going to be coming out on Netflix sometime in so, the next couple of months. Uh, that Glow. Show I know uh, Dirty Mike had talked to me about. Go ahead. Like, are they do they base that off of like the like real people in Glow or is this like made up? Like they're using Glow but they're making up their own characters. I, th- or I is think it? I think they're making up most okay. of the characters because I my my guess is most of the public would not recognize anybody right. anyway. So okay. um, you know, there's probably about six people left in the world that actually remember watching Glow. Right, I'd be one of them, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know. So. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Glow. Uh, and, you know, Glow is uh, what it was. I'm getting some uh, contacts here from some other Dirty Ugly Wrestling but, fans. I, but anyway. I'd, I'd like to just go on a tangent go, real quick. Go ahead. Oh, first, first tangent of the uh, go podcast ahead. here. Thank you. Somebody so, started. Yeah, um, we got so tangents. Hillbilly Jim. This is only going to take 45 minutes. Okay? I'll, <laughs> I'll be quick. So <laughs> He said he was not going to go long. Oh, he okay. said he was going to keep his uh, comments so, short, but wait, you go ahead. Wait, wait, you said we don't have 45 minutes for this tangent? Is that what you're... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, oh, no, I digress. I digress. You, you do digress. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, Hillbill, that was one of the ones that I was really looking forward to. And then, as was you, I, I, I talked to you about that earlier, about that CM Funk. So what did we all think? I mean, was it just – did he just go long? Was it just – I mean, it wasn't Hillbilly Jim. It was just the guy, whoever, what his name, I don't know, was really name is. But it was just him talking, which was great. But did that do anything for anybody? No. No. No? No? Then you didn't see it. Yeah, no. So it really didn't do anything for you either. The, the, only, thing, the only thing I marked out for was when they brought the uh, LJN uh, rubber. That uh, was great. Hillbilly Jim doll out, which was fantastic because I had one growing up. So I, I did as well. Um I don't and know. even if I saw it, I don't think his speech would have done much for me because I I was not watching wrestling when he was wrestling. I, I yeah I didn't grow up on him really. Him. Yeah, I mean we some of us did, but by the time you know by the time he was done talking, I was like, yeah, well, all right, so we got how many people left in this hall? <laughs> yeah. Like I kind of want you know WWE is a big thing on time, especially when they're doing most of their shows. I would say, oh uh, that that's uh, you know some of the dirty ugly wrestling listeners, man, they they must be wanting us to get done with this part of the podcast and move on. <laughs> no, um, I just, it went way too long for me, man. Again, Kid Rock's speech was the best speech. You know, Mark Henry, I think his, him and Jeff Jarrett actually did a pretty good yeah. job. Yeah, they did. I, I enjoy both of them. So, again, we're going to get the Hall of Fame every year. It is what it is. And, you know, next year, do we finally see uh, The Undertaker go in? Because he's apparently still not done. Um, but is it The Undertaker, or is it uh, finally some of these other people that we were talking about, about the doc you know, last time, you know, talking about, um, you know, Cindy Lauper and, and people like yeah. that? There's a lot of people that can go into this Hall of Fame. I d- I- oh, wait a minute. Uh, it's Cindy Lauper. She's calling into the Hall of Fame right now. She's calling oh. into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast right now. Cindy Lauper. I tell you what, this is going to be Cindy Lauper. Is this Cindy Lauper calling into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast? Cindy Lauper. I mean, I'm looking, but I can't compete with the singing ability. I hope you understand. I, I do. I do understand. Hey, g- gentlemen, if you don't know, now you're gonna know who this is. Uh, this gentleman's name is Damian Miller, aka uh, Jameson Windsor. Uh, this guy. Um... Whoa, 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 Jameson Windsor. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I got that messed up. Why don't you introduce yourself? I am the 
maestro of the midnight ball. I hail from the midnight ball room. I am one half of the masquerade. I am the cut above Richard Bonaire. <laughs> I apologize. Now, wait a minute. The cut above. You told me the last time you are no longer being called the cut above. Or was this just, that was just for that night? Uh, that is when I am in tag team wrestling. I like to believe that I am on the same level as Jameson Windsor. So when I am in a tag team, we are the cut above. But when I am just by myself, I am myself the cut above. You are yourself. Hey, say hi to Jam and Jason, CM Funk, and the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. One and only Big Ugly. Say hi to everybody. What is going on, everybody? How are you doing today? Doing fine, doing fine. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> this this gentleman is an SWO pro wrestling. He's also uh, all over the world, uh, you know, doing his thing. And he's also a very good conversationalist. Um, he can talk. He can go on tangents, as we have already before. We're talking WrestleMania here today. Are you, uh, so, you, you watched WrestleMania. You posted on our page. You, you enjoyed yourself on WrestleMania. What would, let's do this. What is one word or one sentence that you can describe WrestleMania in, first of all? Uh, this year's WrestleMania was one of the best within the past 10 years. Ooh, that's the first time we've heard that on this podcast yet today. We've had yeah. strange, we've had confusing, <laughs> we've had everything. But, you know, we're, we're looking forward to your uh, take on this as well. And we know you're a busy man, so we're not going to keep you too, too long. But um, let's uh, go back to where we were just talking about the Hall of Fame and how the Hall of Fame was pretty much, you know, way too long in time. Yeah. Uh, but we enjoyed a few things. Pluses or minuses about the Hall of Fame, sir? Um, I, I've only seen bits and pieces, so bear with me. He on watched that. it on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> it's all he, needs. he He watched it on Hulu. No, go ahead. That's it. But my favorite speech was uh, the uh, Dudley Boys. I, I love the Dudley Boys. They were yep. very entertaining. Um, they went very, uh, very long, but it didn't feel that way, if you get what I mean. Like, Edge and Christian inducting them, and then them themselves uh, going on to their speech, they were very entertaining and uh, kept my interest throughout it. Um, other than that, I really didn't have one that stood out to me. Kid Rock seemed like he was, like, meh to be there. Uh, <laughs> and... Goldberg, uh, it was it was a good nod, especially at the end when he said, you know, I've always dreamed about being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but being in the WWE Hall of Fame was one of my favorite moments. I was like, uh, okay, at least you're now embracing wrestling now that you're out of it. Um, so it was it was an okay ceremony, like you guys said, too long, way too long. Absolutely, and uh, I think we were just talking about that too. I mean, that was Big Ugly's beef, you know. Got to talk about you're getting inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Let's make it about wrestling. But uh, you know what? The Hall of Fame again. It is what it is. They do it every year. Uh, final thoughts around the table here on Hall of Fame: Good, bad, ugly, dirty, anything like that. I, right, just go ahead. I enjoyed the long way to karaoke duet. Ah. Between, between Jeff Jarrett and the Road Dog. <laughs> I've waited my whole life they to They still that. didn't admit who actually sang the song, but so, neither one of them sang it very well. So I have a, I have a question about that. Did, did Jeff Jarrett seem really off during that to you guys? Like, he didn't understand the timing at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about the sound quality of what was going on down on that floor in the Hall of Fame, but yeah, he definitely seemed off. I, I think he'd been drinking, actually. <laughs> so I've been drinking, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it fits. 
<laughs> it probably, fits. Probably hasn't heard the song in what, 15, 18 years? Probably. probably. <laughs> he needs to go back on uh, iTunes yeah. and uh, you know listen to the old WWE. And, you can download them. And he didn't sing it originally anyway, so yeah. he wouldn't know it. Exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's good. Uh, let's uh, jump in while we have uh, Damien, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to call you Damien. You know, let's like break kayfabe here. Um, oh, come on, hold on. Now, let's be honest. I'm a broadcast journalist, much like all of you guys. My name is Damien at the moment. <laughs> okay, broadcast for my radio show later. You guys are fine. <laughs> Why don't you promote your radio show, by the way? What is it and where can we hear it? All right, so I actually have uh, my own podcast. It is called In the Huddle. Uh, it is a football podcast I do with a stu- uh, fellow student that I attend Full Sail University with. Um, we have it on Anchor. Uh, that's who hosts the podcast. Um, you can download it from there, Apple Podcasts. We're working on getting it on Google Play and Spotify as well at the moment. That's a lot of places that uh, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast may go in the future. Yeah. That's a lot of possibilities, including iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll uh, definitely give a like and a follow to that podcast in the huddle. Check it out, everybody. Um, so, yeah, and then, I, oh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. A little bit more. Um, I also have a live radio show to, uh, on Sundays uh, at 4 o'clock. It's 4 to 4.30. It is called On Deck with Damian Miller. Um, it is a baseball podcast, which is hosted by Die Hard Sports on the Mixler app. If you download Mixler and just go to DH Sports uh, Radio, you'll be able to follow it, and you'll get notifications anytime we go live. Um, we have different kinds of sports po- uh, sports radio shows throughout the day and throughout the week as well. Um, football, uh, I think there's a couple basketball, a couple baseball ones. Um, but yeah, follow uh, On Deck with Damian Miller every Sunday at 4 o'clock. Good stuff, good stuff. And uh, Damien, you put up uh, a great post on our Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast Facebook page, and I'm going to get to that a little bit later. Uh, That's pretty much what you were talking about about WrestleMania, but we're going to jump into NXT right now. This was uh, probably the most exciting two and a half, three hours of wrestling overall that I I think of this past weekend. Uh, Jam and Jason, CM Funk, uh, Dirty, uh, Big Ugly. We're, We're talking about NXT. Did you watch NXT Takeover, Big Ugly? I still did not get a chance to watch that. Please do. Yes. When yes, you can. You have to. It is fantastic. There you go. Uh, CM Funk, I know you watched it. And yes. Jamie J, I know yep. you watched it too. Uh, let's go over the quick results while I'm here on my Wikipedia page. Uh, Wikipedia is something that we can promote as well as Coke Zero and Vitamin Water. I have no problem with Wikipedia. Um, even though it's not accurate, <laughs> right? We were talking about that. You know, as far as accuracy, you know, this could be accurate enough. Quick results, and then we'll jump into tangents. So, uh, Adam Cole, baby, uh, won the six-way ladder match for the new North American Championship and defeated EC3, which was a great debut for him. Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, great uh, showings. Ricochet, uh, I will yeah. talk about Ricochet, oh my God. And the Velveteen Dream right here on this side of the uh this side of the country where he's from. And uh, so Shayna Baszler defeated Ember Moon to win the NXT Women's Championship. We saw why that happened when Ember Moon showed up on Monday Night Raw, but uh, we'll get that in a minute. The Undisputed Era, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Baby! Again, baby! 
defeated the Authors of Pain, who showed up again on Monday Night Raw, <laughs> and uh, Pete Dunne and Roddy Strong, and Roddy Strong actually with a heel turn there, and going into the, uh, shocking the system with that heel turn apparently, heading into there. Uh, Alistair Black wins the NXT Championship against Andrade Cien Almas uh, with Zelina Vega, and that was a pretty good story to be told in that match. But the unsanctioned match, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, almost 40-45 minutes, and that was probably one of the best contests that I've ever seen in recent history, and Johnny won, uh, which was which was great. So let's go around the table first. Um Big Ugly, if you have any tangents on anything, please feel free to jump in. Yeah. But uh, Jam and Jay, good, bad, ugly, favorites, what do we got here? Oh, it's excellent, excellent. Totally love the last match, the, the main event there. 45. Did you expect that to be the main event? No, 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 I didn't. I didn't. I thought they'd go with the title match. Mm-hmm. But, um, but 45, now we... the 45 minutes flew by, unlike Hibbley Jim's speech. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it was just a fast 45 minutes, great. The storytelling at the end where... You know, it, he, he almost didn't want to hit it. Chompa with right. the, you know, what he had, the bent up. Yeah, the uh, the leg brace or whatever brace, yeah. it was. The and then, crutch, yeah, the crutch, crutch, yeah. The crutch. Yeah, yeah. And, and the crutch and then the brace on the leg and then everything like that, man. And it just the story. And was, the hesitation there, like, is he going to hit him? Is he not going to hit him? Right. And then, yeah, it was just great storytelling. And all the way through that match, those guys, you know, busted their asses. And it was pretty interesting in that match that after the match, it wasn't the talk about Johnny Gargano winning and getting his redemption. It was more talk about Tommaso Champion, uh, Tommaso Ciampa coming back after a year of injury and how evil he was in this match and what we need to look forward to in the future. Even Triple H said that on Facebook Live. Uh, CM Punk, you didn't see that no, uh, afterwards. No, I did not see that, no. <laughs> hashtag no hashtag. That, that's on social media, right? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, didn't see it. Got it. <laughs> um, so uh, CM Funk, uh, other than uh, that, which was the main event there, which yeah. we talked about, Jam and Jay, what was your favorite part? Well, uh, uh, well just, you maybe Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby. Um, <laughs> well, to be honest, I just want to real quickly say the the bump Champa took or in the concrete, just oh, yeah. sick. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> nasty. Damien, you got you, you like that too, didn't you? Uh, I cringed so hard. Like, my back tensed up for about 10 minutes after that. My girlfriend was looking at me, and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, no, that hurts so bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I could feel that one through the WWE Network. Yeah, was, yeah. that was nasty. Uh, so but, CM Funk, what do you got? Uh, the the latter match, I mean, I, I we'd be remiss to like wait any longer to talk about that, in my opinion. Um, one of the best ladder matches I think I've ever, ever seen. Yeah, and, and that went 30 minutes. Right, and they did spots that were new and creative just when you think you can't find anything new and creative to do off the ladder the the ricochet when when they started i think it was killing dane started flipping the ladder oh. with him on it and ricochet did the backflip off yes. to the outside yes. onto other wrestlers i was just i lost my mind i thought that was freaking amazing so it was uh, but yeah that and adam cole Fantastic. Do, do you agree with the choice of Adam Cole winning the match? No question, especially with them retaining the tag titles late, later and all, man. It just makes Undisputed Era that much more hated and that much more believable, too, as champions. Uh, I, so. And I was thinking, I was going to call Velveteen Dream because he's had sort of a push as well, but, uh, you know, it makes sense more to put it on Adam Cole so that the Velveteen Dream and these other other folks have something to aspire to shoot forward, uh, shoot to. Um, and as you said, Adam Cole, you know, retaining the tag team titles later on, and then a new member of the Undisputed Era, Roddy Strong. Uh, I think that was that was really good. Um, the other matches were decent. Uh, I, I don't think because those two overshadowed everything. It it, the, it was hard to call any of the other two two or three matches 
like fantastic runaway matches. They weren't, but you need that. You need that little bit of a roller coaster ride in a wrestling card. If you all the way up here, then you got nothing less for WrestleMania the next day. But I, so, we, we were talking, you know, um, during WrestleMania weekend after that, that the two title matches were actually come down matches. The women's title yeah. and, the, <laughs> and, the, and the NXT title were actually come down matches. For they they were. If you crazy. if you're doing the the span of up and down in a wrestling card, they they really were. Um, now see, hold on. I, I have a disagreement with that actually. I, now, I agree with the, the women's match. The women's match was actually, in my opinion, very good on a technical standpoint. Oh, yeah. Um, going from the ladder match to a, a technical, like, kind of master class that they had was a nice little separation. It was like, okay, you have the spot fest. Now you guys have an actual wrestling match, which is how Shayna Baszler worked that match. And did really. I thought Shayna Baszler really shined against Ember Moon. Um, yeah. I haven't been biggest fan of her as a professional wrestler um until that match and then i was like okay i see you now i see what you're doing and i really like it but i will say that the nxt championship match i don't consider that a com- come down i consider that a primer i yeah. thought it was i thought it was the perfect pace to like really start the build and you got the crowd really heated up, really heated up, really heated up, and then Alistair Black winning. Okay, the crowd pops. It's it's what we wanted. We wanted Alistair to win that match, but it set the crowd up so that way when Tommaso Ciampa comes out, you light the fire. It ignited the fire because then it's like, okay, this is the main event. This is the match that we've been waiting to see. And after the match before it, being kind of the the ignition or the gasoline, you set fire to it. And that's how I viewed the NXT title match. Just my opinion. No, that's that's a good uh, that's a good way to see it. And uh, especially you being in the business and being a worker yourself, I mean, you understand, uh, you know, how that flow needs to go, and that that makes sense. I mean, when you have five matches, you really don't have a lot of choices of where to put these matches. Uh, I definitely think you know it could have been shuffled a little differently, but the ladder match going first was absolutely the one hundred percent right choice. Uh, the right decision to set the pace and see where it goes. And depending on the type of matches that you could have with any of these people, you can have knockdown dragouts, you can have the master class, as you said, you know, as far as technical wrestling. Uh, the only thing I really didn't agree with was the finish of the Shayna Baszler match um, because we saw that finish a couple of years ago with Asuka and Bailey, and it was at NXT TakeOver, and it was, I don't know, I remember that kind of stuff, but I mean, it's been several years, so maybe it's, you can do it again. But it doesn't put anybody over it doesn't take anybody away it just makes Shayna Baszler the champion and gives Andrew Mooney a chance to go up to Raw which she did um, yeah. pretty successfully also, one more sick bump the Death Valley driver on the ladder oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah Velveteen Dream got his ass beat in this match um, yes. several times and I got I wanted him to win for the same for, that, man, he just took such a beating, but it just puts some sympathy on him and allows him to even take that character even further, like what he's gone through. Uh, so, uh, NXT, a great lot of people that weren't even on that card working hard at NXT in the Performance Center, uh, but it was a great way to start the wrestling portion of WrestleMania weekend. Um, after the Hall of Fame, which was you know f- you know fi- a long time, and you know it's great for the Hall of Famers, but it was great to get into NXT. Um, so great stuff. Final uh, thoughts, opinions. Yes. Go ahead on NXT. Zelina Vega. 
Zelina Vega. On her way to becoming the best manager under the WWE umbrella. Okay. At least right now, under the current. She does very yeah. well with what she did, and she was a major part of that match yeah. with her and uh, Andre and Aleister Black. Um, do they stay together? Andrade and Selena? Or does Selena go out on her own? Does she take the story and say, well, you're not what I'm looking for. You lost the title. You're not enough. Let me go back somebody else. I say they stay together, move up eventually, maybe on SmackDown, start a stable. Okay. I think... think, Oh, sorry. I don't mean to cut anybody off, but I think if you take Selena Vega away from Andrade, he's going to flounder again. She She really increased the character of him and... I think that if you take her away, he's just he's just not going to be the same performer that uh, he is right now. I got I gotta give uh, props to that because when Zelina Zelina came on, Andrade sort of stepped up his game and he started having these classic matches with a lot of different people. So I understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah, she she's a much better talker than Andrade too. So you know he needs. He kind of needs that, yep. you know, to help with his character. So Absolutely. And Andrade does his talking in the ring. She does her talking on the microphone, which is fine, um, which is great. Let's see. I'm going to jump into uh, – we're going to jump into WrestleMania in a minute. But uh, Big Ugly, I know you didn't watch NXT, but hearing what we were talking about here, do you have any thoughts, opinions, comments, concerns about uh, what we were just talking about? No, I just need to watch it. You Sounds need like to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> It is on the WWE Network, and it is free for new subscribers. Well, why are we even do- why am I? Why do I do that? <laughs> we don't get paid by them. But anyway, um, we are going to take a quick break, uh, and we're going to get a chance to reload here because we have seven and a half hours of WrestleMania to cover in just under an hour, and Damien's got to go run and do his show, so we're going to get his thoughts and opinions in just a minute. So, hey, Damien, why don't you take us into break here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast? Uh, should I just do a standard break? Just we will be right back with the Dirty Ugly podcast. On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. What? <laughs> I love it. I still know it's coming, but I still wait for it because I don't know when you're going to do it. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. No, I'm the Big Ugly. And we are sitting here with... Jam and Jason. And... CM Funk. And on the phone, we have... Richard Bonaire, a.k.a. Damian Miller. A.k.a. Jameson Windsor, as I said earlier. No, I'm just saying... Yeah, yeah I mean... Now I gotta, gotta give a shout-out to the tag team partner, though. Masquerade, right? SWO Pro Wrestling. Yes, sir. The Masquerade. We are going to be performing next weekend at the Seven Valleys Fire Hall uh, in a tag team match against Best of the West. Best of the West. Now, that's an interesting tag team. We're going to have to talk more about SWO Pro Wrestling on another podcast. But uh, check out Susquehanna Wrestling Organization on Facebook. CM Funk. Get on there. Like it. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag no hashtag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get on there, like it, follow it. And uh, it is April 21st in Seven Valleys, Pennsylvania. And then once again on May the 19th, I think it is, uh, back in. Yes. Yeah, right, gotcha. In Red Lion, Pennsylvania. So uh, all, all kinds of good stuff. 
Now, this is where the Big Ugly is going to get his chops in, because I know NXT wasn't his thing on this podcast. I know the Hall of Fame wasn't his thing on this podcast. But <laughs> WrestleMania, like, I, I know... Anything, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, I know you saw WrestleMania. I know you did. So um, let's talk about this. WrestleMania, as we talk... There's no numbers anymore. Actually, Damien just mentioned this. Uh, this is WrestleMania. What was this WrestleMania... Saints logo. Saints logo. Okay, good. <laughs> it, technically, it's the thirty-fourth one. Next year, it'll be WrestleMania Statue Liberty, of Liberty Statue yeah. of Liberty or Liberty <laughs> Liberty so, Crown. Oh, so that's like they're they're not doing the numbers no more. Like they're purposely trying to like right not count. Vince doesn't want to show age with the numbers. He doesn't want to date himself. So WrestleMania is timeless. You yeah, he's like. Putting WrestleMania into the Lazarus Pit if anybody gets that reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that is that is definitely a Vince thing. Uh, Thirty was uh, you know tri- actually it was WrestleMania Triple X XXX. Right. Uh, that was the last time they used the number. That was, okay. that was a good WrestleMania too with Vin Diesel and Ice Cube in it. No, it, was, it was good. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! Jameson made a uh, special appearance. That's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Big Ugly, we're going to start with you. We got seven and a half hours of WrestleMania from pre-show to end. Um, your first thought when we talked about WrestleMania overall uh, earlier, uh, delve into that. Let's talk yeah, a little so bit about I said WrestleMania. That it left me more to be desired because right. I just felt like I, I agreed with what the table was saying. It was strange. Mm-hmm. Like, there were some good spots and good matches and stuff, but some of the decisions were just like what's going on you know uh, the whole tag team thing with Braun Strowman we were all talking about that while we were there you right. know what I'm saying yeah. what we thought would happen and then it's like he goes and gets this kid that we didn't know was a boy and it was just <laughs> like <laughs> and it was just like man what is this man you know and then the the uh, the the last match with Brock and Roman I just wasn't feeling it man it was just like mm. yeah okay yeah, so so you're, you're left a little to be desired, and as we go through the card here, we're going to talk to you about specific things and get your uh, take on that. I'm going to start with Damien here because he's got to go to his uh, next venture because he is taking some time out of his busy schedule to talk to us here today on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Do I say that enough? I, I, don't, I don't believe I do. Um, but <laughs> you got to put yourself over. got to promote yourself. Uh, Damien, I'm going to read bits and pieces of what you posted on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. By the way, like it, follow it. Um, and so it says, okay, the, so the card was great last night outside of the last hour and the U.S. title. Rousey was impressive as hell. Cruiserweights put in a good match. IC title match was a great opener. Asuka's streak ending was a shock and was disappointed, but it was a good match. However, you will say, if uh, you are a worker at all and a fan of Brock Lesnar, then you need to check your thought process. Uh, this is where I like to see your opinion. Uh, he is hurting this business and not helping. You might agree with that, Big Ugly. I wish they would have just let his contract run out. His matches are awful. He's never there, and he can't even cut promos. The epitome of shit. That's got to be a hashtag. <laughs> the epitome of shit. Um Roman is much better than Brock. I still think Roman is overbooked on the card. Uh, he has talent, but something isn't clicking. I don't hate Roman Reigns. I just think he has something missing. Those are my opinions. And that's what we're here for, opinions. And uh, we appreciate that. So, Damien, I'm going to jump into right what you the epitome of shit. Let's go backwards on the card. Let's talk about Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, for the Universal Championship, which was the main event on the show. Damien, go ahead. All right, so my opinions on that main event was that, 
last year we saw quite possibly the greatest five-minute match ever for the Universal title between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Can we all agree on that? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Okay. What the fuck happened with this match? Oh, do we have one <laughs> F-bomb here? Yeah, I think we, At least one. We reached out PG-13. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. So go ahead. Okay, so go ahead, Damien. Like, you book this guy for the past year, right? You book Brock as this world beater. He's beaten Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Twice with one F5. Right. Thank, thank you. Preach. <laughs> Preach, brother. <laughs> Roman kicks out of five. Right. Okay. Then, as the crowd is chanting, this is awful, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at my phone because I just see Roman get hoisted up for a third one, I'm like, hmm, I agree. Why is that? Let's look at the factor. Brock Lesnar used to be able to pull off a shooting star press and almost broke his neck on Kurt Angle. Right. But that match was a classic. He was in there with Kurt Angle. Okay? Goldberg, you have to overbook it because Goldberg's limited as well as Brock. So what do they do? They go out there, five, six minutes, hit each other with what they have, surprise the hell out of everybody, balls to the wall action, and then you end it. Mm-hmm. Perfect, and we all agreed that that was the right time, the right place, the right booking, the right agent. Everything just went well in that match. Right. You broke the barricade. You put somebody through a table. You hit somebody with steel steps. Spear, jackhammer, Brock kicks out. F5, Brock wins. That was the finish. Works for me. Yep. Okay, so then with this match with Roman Reigns, what do they do? They have Roman sell. Roman is not good at selling. <laughs> that's, that's my laughing. Yeah, uh, he's he's not. He he can be decent, but he's better when he's in control of the match. Look right. at his matches against AJ Styles. Who was selling that match? Uh, that AJ would be Styles. AJ Styles. Yeah. So you have Roman selling, and you have him get F five onto a table. That's the only big spot that you do outside of German suplexes, belly to bellies, and F fives. One belly oh, to belly that put him on his head, almost on his neck. By the way, killed him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, let's let's talk about that. Um, how unsafe that was. But then you also have to you feel the need that because oh this match is going to shit, let's add color. Color's good when utilized properly, aka WrestleMania 13 with Stone Cold and Bret Hart. Right. Stone Cold passes out in the sharpshooter, not because because he didn't want to he didn't want to quit, and because Jim Ross sold it greatly. Oh, the amount of blood and the amount of pain he just didn't want to give up, so he let himself pass out. He would much rather pass out than lose. Let's talk about this idea of color for a minute, and let's bring this around the table. Um, before let's go with the rumor and innuendo before we figure out exactly what exactly happened. Whose idea was this, and was this a sporadic moment decision? Big ugly. I'm gonna assume that this was already planned. I, I, I'm assuming that after the whole incident that happened with Brock and Randy Orton, which was pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And then it was confusion coming to the back, and we know about the Jericho situation. Sure. I feel like this was probably a plan. 
thing because it was the same thing. He was using his elbows to yeah. cut him open. I think it was planned. CM Funk? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was planned. I think it was all based on the reaction of the crowd, too, you know, whether or not they were actually going to go through with it. And once once the This Is Awful chant ha- happened, you had to do something yeah. at that point. And, to gain the crowd's reaction and, yeah, and get their attention again. I'm there sure. were beach balls going around, apparently, at that point in time, too. Yeah. Uh, seven of them. Seven yeah, beach balls. Well, I mean, it's 78,000 yeah. people, so. Should have called Cesaro. Yeah, causes. That's right. Causes are. He'll just go out and just take it, and yeah, they'll just make a spot out of it. Jamie Jason, how about you? Yeah, it was planned. Yeah, yeah. They- now, so at, I think that at this point in time, there were five F fives that that he has. Uh, Roman has kicked out of and big yes. big point uh, just like said I mean not just the Braun Strowman thing but uh, one F5 usually puts everybody down we talked about perfect protecting finishers on the show a long time ago uh, th- it, that finish just got blown out of the water but and then it took I think it was uh, two spears after the sixth F5 it was one spear and then another spear and then it was over correct yeah. am I right about that yeah. all right so Damien, let's uh, let's finish up with you while you uh, get yourself on to your next radio show. Uh, let's talk about the color first, and then let's talk about the finish and uh, the aftermath. So talk about color in general. You're a worker. I mean, is this necessary? Is it safe? Does it work? And was it necessary here? Um, it, it was not necessary here because no matter what you did, this match was going to suck. There you um, go. So it wasn't necessary. I like color when used properly. ECW overused it, in my opinion. Um, So, when used properly, like I said, with Stone Cold Bret Hart, color was needed. Or if you're in a hell in a cell, if I'm bashing your face against a steel fence, (laughs) a metal fence, why the hell are you not bleeding? Right. So, when it makes sense, do it. Because it'll add to the match. Oh my god, that guy's bleeding. You know, Triple H used to be one of the best color guys. Yeah. Because he would he just had that he had that knack of just knowing where to hit and he would look like a stuffed pig. He was bleeding like a stuffed pig. And he was just he was perfect at it and it added to his matches because it took it to the next level. When it's neat when it's warranted, it can help take your match up a notch. But here, this match was just Shit, Brock's matches this year, outside of the one with AJ Styles at Survivor Series, have been shit. The Samoa Joe match went like eight minutes, and we were all anticipating a good match. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't do anything. So if you're a fan of Brock Lesnar and you're a worker, please take a minute to to look at it and be like, oh yeah, I work indies, and I break my back doing... 13 different moves in a single sequence just trying to get noticed but this guy goes in there because he thinks he's hot shit and goes out throws a couple suplexes around because it pops 10 fans in the crowd (laughs) because they don't watch yeah he's a draw to the common to the common person because they're like oh Brock Lesnar used to fight in UFC outside of that if you're a hardcore fan and you like WWE any kind of wrestling as a hardcore fan stop telling me that Brock Lesnar's good he's not good he's shit I will defend that till the day I die he should not be a champion in any fashion if you're part time you should not wear a championship that's my opinion there you go I agree 
All right, we got an agreement over here, Jam and Jason. CM Funk, how do you feel? Yeah, totally. Totally like, agree. Like ugly? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. So, okay, the finish happens. Brock Lesnar wins the match, which we all were a little bit shocked to see Brock Lesnar actually win the match, keep the title. And then we find out in the next 24 hours a couple of different things. Brock Lesnar re-signs with WWE. We don't know what exactly that means, but we know that he's defending the championship again against Roman Reigns at the Greatest Royal Rumble on April 27th in a steel cage, mind you. Which color might... I don't know what their laws over in Saudi Arabia about color. Who knows? I not, if they don't bleed in that steel cage and they bled in this match... I might cancel my WWE Network subscription. <laughs> That's strong. You might have to write a letter about that because they're they're strange about canceling their subscriptions once I get your money. <laughs> and it's, it, it's, that makes no sense to me. But go on. So Sorry. That's fine. We've got that. So And we also know that Brock has re-signed. So does Brock show up on Raw? Of course not. Roman does show up on Raw, uh, makes the point that Brock Lesnar's not here, and then Samoa Joe comes out and cuts one of the best promos that Raw has seen in a while, and that Samoa Joe has seen in a while, and cuts it right on Roman, and Roman says nothing, pretty much, and uh, that's over. So Samoa Joe basically says, I'm coming after who you. It doesn't say I'm coming after the title. I'm coming after you, Roman, after the Saudi Arabia thing is over. So... We're all pretty much in agreement that it's the perfect. They're trying to get the Saudi Arabia thing over. It's another new market for the WWE. They're going to have Roman Reigns, which is their big company guy, probably win the title on that stage. We're all nodding our head in agreement on that one. Um, and Brock is this part-time guy now, which I, if I understand correctly, rumor and innuendo says that he's got most of his contract is UFC with WWE allowed to happen. So he's going to go fight in the UFC again, probably sometime in 2018. But he's going to stay in the WWE as an attraction. I don't know about Paul Heyman. This is just about Brock Lesnar. Uh, but he can apparently fight on both for a while. And thus the Dana White cameo in the middle of the Ronda Rousey match at the end. So I, I still don't think he'll be able to fight this year because he has what about the suspension? served out the suspension. How Does that go through 2018? Um. Oh, no, hold on. The suspension is only six months uh, left after he enters USADA testing. Okay, so when did he do that? Uh, if, if he entered back in at the beginning of the year, then he's cleared to fight after June. If he stays clean. I, I, if he stays clean, correct. Yeah, I, I saw where his contract really is only through August. It's like completely short term, so I, that would probably work out time-wise with his first UFC fight again, too. If he, you know, clears all that stuff. And that's a good chance for cross-promotion this time. Instead of just hinting at it, a good cross-promotion for WWE and UFC. Because UFC, and we've talked about this kind of offline, UFC is, is great for what it is, but they don't have any mainstream superstars. Uh, the two biggest mainstream superstars in the UFC in the past 10 years are now in the WWE. Uh, so, two of the biggest. I should say two of the biggest, not the biggest. What'd you say? Or in jail. <laughs> or jail. I mean, you know, nothing wrong with jail. Um, some people need it. You know, uh, got to get rehabilitated somehow. It's what, what happens when you throw things at a bus <laughs> and injure half of the uh, UFC. Well, Brock Lesnar threw the Universal Championship at Vince McMahon, apparently in the gorilla position, and he still got his contract assigned the next day. So, uh, We're missing uh, something completely. Braun Strowman attempted murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> That's the, same thing. So that's the same thing. That's the same thing. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's the same thing. Uh, what was it? Um, Flavor Flav said about Snoop Dogg. That's, that's not the first time he got away with murder. So that was pretty good. I like that. Um, so anyway, 
We got Samoa Joe on the back end making a return to Raw. We had this main event at WrestleMania, which was after seven hours of a show. Um, I think I think the most interesting thing to the viewer, in my opinion, was the fact that the match wasn't getting over with the fans at the at the stadium. And yeah. uh, listening to the "This Is Awful" chant and watching the way Brock was reacting to it, I think that was the fun fun part for me, because Brock was legitimately pissed. He actually looked right in the camera and said, "Mother," uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know, learn how to wrestle, you won't get those chants. What? <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting how that uh, they let let Brock be the main guy. I don't know if Brock should be the main guy and a main focus. He can still be an attraction, but it's a matter of where you book him. Don't book him in the main event. Don't book him with a championship, and certainly don't book him with Roman Reigns. I think that Brock needs to. Brock can't continue this lazy route of matches that he's been. No, going. and Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns have both said on different occasions that. When putting a match together, he they're all just met with like laziness from him. He wants right. to get in there and keep doing the same thing. We talked about that. Right, yeah. exactly. So he's going to have to actually start putting more effort because this whole Suplex City thing is kind of old now. Yeah. It's not going to yeah. work, you know. Um, and, I mean, I don't see how WWE can see him continue to be a big draw if he doesn't start to do anything different. Let's put it this way. If I can get a better reaction in front of 200 people, he should be able to get a better reaction in front of 78,000. There you go. And that leads right back into SWO, Susquehanna Wrestling Organization, one of the many places that uh, this man, who is the cut above, in my opinion, whether he'll let me say it or not on the microphone, (laughs) he is the cut above. And uh, if we can get uh, Mr. Bonaire, uh, Mr. Richard Bonaire, Richie Bonaire, whatever you want to call yourself, Damien, let me get some final thoughts on you about uh, just this main event in general and Wrestlemania as a whole and then we'll say goodbye to you and move on alright um, again I've said what I needed to say about this main event um, I'm going to quickly run down through every match in reverse order since we did it I'll give a couple thoughts on that uh, Braun Strowman choosing Nicholas good job for the little kid it makes me happy to see somebody like that get a shine even though he is the referee's son um, <laughs> yeah. buried the bar a little bit but they'll come back because they're both pretty good workers as a tag team AJ Styles Nakamura left a little bit to be desired because after their New Japan match, you kind of expected the same thing here. Hopefully with a heel turn, Nakamura will be able to showcase more. Um, Nia Jax winning the belt gave me uh, a good sense of happiness because after the story they told, she deserved it. Thank God they didn't pull Booker T, Triple H. Didn't it sound um, like he said he was going to it gave me wood? Does anybody else think in that right there? It's like, <laughs> Nia Jax won the boat. I'm sorry. That's, that's my dirty mind. Dirty, ugly. Go ahead. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Tangent. Um, Daniel Bryan, made, uh, Dana Bryan making his return and sold for about 10 minutes kind of disappointed me, but at the very end, he came back and put on a hell of a match. Good job, Daniel Bryan. Love the Undertaker squash. Fuck John Cena. <laughs> oh, God, there's the second F-bomb. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Bludgeon Brothers winning the titles made sense because Usos a New Day, you can't have too many more matches without it getting stale. Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey, defeating Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Match of the night by far, Ronda Rousey. Highly impressive. Works better than most of the men on the roster. Mm. Jinder Mahal, defeating Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, and Rusev. Pissed me off. Rusev deserves to win. Jinder Mahal, Randy Orton uh, being teased on SmackDown. Or not being teased, being confirmed on SmackDown. Yippee, another month of this shit. Charlotte Flair, defeating Asuka. Uh, Hell of a match. Understood why they ended the streak now that Carmella is the champion. Thank God they didn't have Carmella win over Asuka. 
Seth Rollins defeating The Miz and Finn Balor was really hoping for the Demon. Sucks that Balor lost. Hopefully Rollins and Balor can work for a half hour at the next pay-per-view. Naomi winning the Battle Royal was really hoping for Bailey and a heel turn. Oh, well, dreams don't matter in the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Cedric Alexander defeating Mustafa Ali. Wish this was on the main card. It deserved to be put the U.S. title on the pre-show. Matt Hardy uh, teaming with Bray Wyatt at the end of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Makes sense. Both characters are very weird. Give me another final deletion. WWE, keep your hands off of it. That's great. Man, we could have done that. That's, that's seven show. and a half hours. That wasn't about, that wasn't about a minute and a half. All right, good night, everybody. We're done. <laughs> nah, Damien, that's great. And we're going to uh, you know, elaborate on some of your points and uh, certainly uh, download and listen to this podcast and share it. I'm going to tag you and everything once we get it out and going. And thank you for promoting yourself. And we will certainly be able to share and tag and promote anything that you are doing. And we appreciate you coming on once again to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Podcast, and we look forward to having you back in the future. Yes, of course. Thank you. I'm always down to talk an hour and a half with you about anything and everything. You know how we do our tangents after our last interview and this one. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. All right. Thank you, sir. Good luck with your uh, shows and good luck with your radio appearances. And we will see you in Seven Valleys, Pennsylvania on April 21st for SWO Pro Wrestling. Yep. I will see you then. And until next time, welcome to the masquerade. You got it, buddy. Take care. Take care. Oh, man. Well, okay. So, honestly, so we're done. Um, we uh, got a quick... I was going to do the quick results, the quick rundown, but he just did it. He just did it. So, yeah. now, we can feel free to jump in. Oh, by the way, uh, God, thank you, Damian Miller, uh, Mr. Richard Bonaire, the cut above. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, as always, on our Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. One of the many guests that could be coming back for number 50 uh, in about a month or so from now. So... As we watch uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant in the real main event of WrestleMania 3, one of the best main events of all time, in the background, let's start. We've, we've talked about any other thoughts about the main event of WrestleMania, Rock, uh, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, anything at all? No. I was going to ask you, was that was that right, uh, legit with the whole like uh, him throwing the title at Vince? Apparently, like, that apparently was... Shane like, got in his face? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, yeah. there was a backstage altercation. Yeah, I, I got a feeling that, there, that it's story, just to help. Think continue so? putting Brock in as the bad guy, you know, for the greatest right. Rumble match to try to make Reigns look sympathetic again, but it's not going to work because nobody cares about Reigns enough to make yeah. him sympathetic. And then I also heard that uh, Brock was actually signed like the week before, like, and it was just kept under wraps until after uh, really? WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm, so yeah, and I, and I agree with seeing phone. That that would make sense because listen, Vince may put up with a lot, but I don't know if Vince would put up with that kind of disrespect from. Mm-hmm. A wrestler, you know what I'm saying? I'll like say I don't, I don't know about Espe- that. Especially with a guy that was supposedly going on his way out, you know, just right. let him keep going out the door at that yeah. point, you know. Yeah, but. exactly. And at this point, this is legend, rumor, and innuendo as far as the altercation backstage, and then you know, how, whenever the contract was signed. But is this by design, Jam and Jason? You think is it by design to keep it under wraps so that people like in the dirt sheets and and but you know underneath are talking about it, so it's not mainstream, not on the WWE network, not on USA Network, but people are talking about it to get a little more interest behind what's going on here? Oh, you yeah, think it's yeah. by design? Yeah, it's one of those shoot storylines, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, my thing is, why wouldn't you have your champion show up on the Raw after WrestleMania? 
That makes no sense. He was me. in New Orleans the night before. I yeah, mean, he, he might have still been in New Orleans that night. Come out to the ring with Heyman. Heyman says, I told you so. That's it. Leave. You know? maybe, <laughs> like, maybe, maybe he made disparaging remarks about the Democrats and he got on the same flight as Kid Rock. <laughs> Could be. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe Kid Rock's going to write an entrance song for him and he's going to play him out on a different organization. <laughs> um, let me tell you that. So... Okay, that was the main event of the show. We we had the quick rundown by Damian Miller, so let's just jump all around. Uh, there are so many things to talk about about WrestleMania, so somebody just throw in a name, yeah. a tangent, let's go. I just want to say, like, that was one of the things to be desired when, after I say that. This is, uh, 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 Damian Miller just brought back to my attention, the demon. Not seeing the demon. Right. I was looking forward to this. We haven't seen a demon since when? SummerSlam. Right, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, so... Very disappointing. Yeah, and That's, that was the stage to do it on too. Right, you know, it's WrestleMania. it's WrestleMania. I mean, you're getting the biggest entrance of the year for you know every every wrestler, and we didn't get the demon. Right, and I want to just throw the tangent off of your tangent. I think the best entrance of the night was Charlotte getting the actual 2001 Space Odyssey song and getting the whole with the 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 people that were behind her, and then the whole switch over to her song. So it was kind of like the Ric Flair passing the torch over to Charlotte kind of thing. I, that was my favorite entrance of the whole night. Go ahead, tangents. Well, since, since we're on the uh, uh, the entrances and all, yeah. I, Back to the whole uh, Intercontinental title. Yes. Seth Rollins' entrance, uh, being a Game of Thrones fan that I am oh. and everything at all. <laughs> him coming out as a White Walker was just fantastic. Yeah. With the eyes and the graphic behind him yeah. and everything, it was just, uh, I thought whole, that was cool. Yeah, the Viserion style. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. That was great. He I didn't wrestle. reminded me about that. Yeah, that was awesome. Very, very good. Yeah. He didn't wrestle with the contacts in. Well, that was disappointing, yes. But <laughs> that might hurt. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not a guy for contacts. But uh, favorite, favorite entrance of the night, Jam and Jason? Do you have a, like a set or a, uh, a, a 3D gimmick that you liked? i got to go with The Undertaker. It's always, great to, uh, it's always great to see The Undertaker's entrance. It is. I mean, it is WrestleMania, and yep. it is great to, to have that experience. And it's, it's even better to have it live. Um, but I tell you what, let, let's just talk about that for a minute. John Cena and The Undertaker. Um, we talked a little earlier that it might have been kind of thrown together because Kid Rock and those plans, the American Badass, kind of fell out of the thing. But it all started with Elias. It all started with Elias. That was great. What a great spot for him to be put in just to come in and lead into that icon versus icon moment. So the whole segment was about 25 minutes. The match was two, uh, two minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, so it was not even a Matt Classic. Not They didn't even get all their stuff in at this point in time. John Cena had one offensive maneuver in the match. Um, the Going back and listening to the commentary again, they played it up as John Cena was frozen in fear. He never thought The Undertaker would actually show up. He wasn't prepared. He was there as a fan, blah, blah, blah. He was blah. drunk. He was drunk, <laughs> right? Um, you know, so Undertaker looked great in these two and a half minutes. I'm sure he was worried about coming back and putting on because he wants to put on a five star match every single time. If he can't do that, then he's not going to want it. But he looked great for what he had to do. Big Ugly? Let me ask you guys this. Go do for you it. feel like it was a waste to have Cena and Undertaker in this kind of match? Because Cena and Undertaker have been talked about for a long time, you know, as not having that WrestleMania match right. together. But they put Cena in a position of someone that I would have expected, like, an Elias to be in. You know, but it's like, we're talking about John Cena. Right. And he got beat in two minutes by The Undertaker. Right. The same guy that just lost last year to Roman Reigns. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I, but we're talking about John Cena here. So, I, that's that seemed weird. I, I, I think the whole point of this match was for Undertaker to 
looked better than he did last year against Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And the only guy, in my personal opinion, that he could go in there against that would do the job for him, get him completely over, do all the mic work leading up to WrestleMania, was John Cena. Yeah. So I think... Um, as far as the story goes and for what this was, it was perfect. It, there was no other way this could have gone down. Ten years ago, sure, it could have been a 30-minute main event match at WrestleMania. Right. But right now, it was all about Undertaker redeeming himself after last year and looking like the dead man again. And to me, coming out of it, I don't care if it was 2 minutes and 37 seconds, 23 minutes and 70 seconds, which would be actually 24 minutes and 10 seconds. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, it, it didn't didn't matter to me. I, again, Undertaker Mark sitting here, I admit yes. it and everything, but it was the only way to me that that could go down this year. So, uh, now, we talked about the last time we were on here before WrestleMania that none of us wanted to see Taker come back. So after seeing this... Are we satisfied with what we saw from Taker? Jam and Jason, I'm going to start with you. Are uh, you satisfied? Satisfied, and he looked in great shape. I'm wondering if he has a couple more matches in him. He's booked for the greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> At least so, one. Yeah. At least one yeah. And it's some. against it was against Rusev, but now it's against Jericho, Jericho. and that's a whole other story. Yep. Um, do, you, do, you, do you think that this could be setting up to almost, to the point that I was making, almost to, to make it a setup for Cena-Taker next year extended? Give it, give it more of a run. Give it, you know, more build and all that, and then actually have them have a real match as opposed to a squash match. I, go ahead. I was just going to say either next year or maybe SummerSlam. Maybe, maybe one of the SummerSlam this year. Yeah, I think they got the WrestleMania chip off their shoulder. This has been asked for for so long by so many people, and th- that was the whole storyline leading up to this. That was this was just folklore. This would never happen. Undertaker, John Cena. Well, guess what? When it did happen. It was two minutes and thirty-seven seconds. It was not a, a classic match by either guy. It was it was a spot on the show. It was a high spot on the show, so you could get the Undertaker's entrance and do all this stuff. Could they lead into it? Does Undertaker have one more run left in him? Maybe. I don't know. I thought that would have been it. The way he would want to go out is on top. But now, when they announced him for this Greatest Royal Rumble match. And they got so many superstars over there. They got Undertaker. They got Jericho. They got Brock Lesnar. I mean, everybody's on this card. And there's 50 people in the Royal Rumble, so we're going to get a lot of surprises. Ray Mysterio. You know, it could happen again, yeah. Uh, Hurricane Helms, apparently, who was uh, hanging out with Stone Cold Steve Austin watching uh, WrestleMania in a bar in New Orleans, which was uh, on the Stone Cold podcast, by the way. Um, But anyway, and they were apparently drunk, so no surprise there. I think... This did what it needed to do. And Big Ugly, to your point, to your question, I was happy to see The Undertaker at WrestleMania. I was happy to see the way they did it with the story. They turned the lights off. They put the garb in the ring and then put a spotlight on it. Then the lightning came down. That, that's Undertaker haha. That's Undertaker gimmick. I, I've said that we needed some more of that in the WWE when The Undertaker is involved. We need some more of that dead man gimmick. The lightning came down. And then it disappeared. I'm like, ooh, magic. You know, great stagehand wearing black, doing what he needed to do. But I was like, ooh, magic. And then as The Undertaker descended into the ramp last year, he ascended into the ramp this year. So it was like he's taking his shit, he's getting it back on, and he's coming out and doing it again. And he didn't leave it this time. So he still has it. So he can come out and do whatever he wants whenever he wants. He's The Undertaker. I think it was... And I think it was great for Elias. I just want to put that over the, the whole thing that he got to lead into this. It was great. Do I see another money match between John Cena and The Undertaker? 
I don't know. They'd have to build it differently. So perhaps this is, this is Undertaker's future going forward. Short matches. Right. He's an attraction. Right, yeah. There's no need to build him up to have any kind of five-star match with anybody because he shouldn't have to spend three months or six months of his life getting in shape for two and a half minutes. There's just no there's no need for him to do that anymore. That's He's, what makes me think more is coming. Because he got himself in such good shape? Yes. I mean, okay. he did look good. He really did look yeah. good. I mean, and just compare it. I actually put it up on picture and picture and screen. Like last year when he was like muffin topping it. And then this year when he was running the ropes and jumping and going up and down and climbing the ropes. I'm like, okay, this is the Undertaker that we need. Yeah. This one right here. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. So, a little rumor innuendo. Does anybody know what happened with this whole Rusev Jericho thing? Why... Apparently, it was an altercation between Michelle McCool and Lana oh, that okay. started this whole thing, and they got into it. And then, you know, because they those two were married to Rusev and the Undertaker, so they got into it. I don't know if Rusev's been pulled from anything, but he's been pulled off of this main attraction card. So I don't know. But Rusev is one of the most over things in the WWE right now. It doesn't matter where you're at in the world of professional wrestling, you get a Rusev Day chant. And I, I think that was part of why they did why they pulled him out of that because they didn't want that to take, overshadow Taker and Rus yeah to get overshadowed by uh, Rusev. So um, and I because I saw where Rusev's supposed to be in the Royal Rumble match, which makes sense. Royal Rumble match, so. oh. oh, watch it. You all right there? Yeah, I'm good. Man, we got to put you on six to twelve. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, I took a bump. I you sure did. Time. I just wanted to call out uh, the fact that. Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon, the most shocking moment of WrestleMania. None of us None expected. of us thought Rush. that this would be good. Yeah. It was always, Ronda's not going to do that well, Triple H's going to have to carry the match for everybody, mm -hmm. you know, but, wow. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, Damian best Miller match of the night. Said Literally. the same thing. Yeah. And that's what everybody's been saying. I mean, that was all over the news media as well. Match of the night. Um, let's just get into it. Uh, we all agree here, right? Match of the night. Yep. Fantastic. Good stuff. Ronda Rousey over-exceeded everybody's expectations. She's been working hard for six to nine months at least um, trying to get ready for her in-ring performance at WrestleMania. And you she can needs, tell she took it seriously. She yeah. really did. Yeah. Um, she needs more mic work, but this had nothing to do with mic work in this match. Um, but that's okay. That comes over time. She's not used to doing those types of promos and interviews. She's used to doing that shoot style UFC fight, you know, um, build up behind the, you know, behind the ring, behind the cage, whatever it is. So she's not used to that part yet. She doesn't need it. She doesn't, she needs to let her fists and her wrestling and everything do, do the talking. Absolutely. Um, let's just throw it around the table. Let's start with you, Jam and Jay. Uh, what did you think of this match? What do you think of the competitors involved? Did the finish happen the way it should have? Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything happened the way it should have. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I actually thought maybe this would have main event it, but they kind of put it in a decent spot in the yeah, middle of the card. kind of in the middle good. of the yeah. show. Yeah, okay. it was pretty cool. Um, and I think Ronda has a great future ahead of her. And she very well could main event next year's WrestleMania against either Charlotte or Oscar. Or both. Or both. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. CM Funk? Uh, for me, the big takeaway from this, besides the obvious, is that this was the only match, other than when Daniel Bryan came out, that the crowd was positively into. Yeah. Yes. Like the entire card, like the, the people were sitting with their, you know, with their hands underneath of them or something mm -hmm. and all. But for this match, they were on top of it and 
And I think that just fed into what was going on in the ring. And, and Rousey just, I mean, completely shocked and surprised everybody. And mm-hmm. she almost single-handedly held that match together. And right. all, as opposed to it being Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> or somebody. Yeah. yeah. So. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think that um, we didn't get much from Kurt Angle. <laughs> that we didn't expect yeah. much I think from he, I, think, I think he's still resting on the outside. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that part, you know, I remember just like being on fire. That part when she gets up in the ring and like squares up with Triple H. Oh, you man. know, that that part was like, hell yeah, man. So. Uh, all, all agreed. So I, I enjoyed the match as well. I thought it was great. The intensity was great. The placement on the card, I think it worked out really well. Um, it got the crowd up after a couple of hours of being there and everybody out of their seat, everybody involved. A couple of things. Uh, number one, would Ronda tapping Triple H, would that have changed the dynamic? Would that have been good or bad? Because that's something that's been rumored and innuendoed. Or... I think it should it happened the way it should have. Ronda tapped Stephanie. I think the whole match was built around the story about those two. But Ronda tapping Triple H, I don't know. That would have been an overkill at this point. What do you guys think? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded that either way because I made this comment when we were all watching together that she's almost like the new China. Sure. You know, and China had, you know, she beat men before. I mean, she was in sure. a, a, a feud with Jericho for a while. Right. So um, I, I don't think that that would have been overkill. I think that that would have added something to the dynamic of, like, the women's roster. And, like, the fact that, like, she's the only woman that actually competed against a man and pinned or submitted the man. You know, um, I don't know. It, it, it just would have been different. Something new. Something fresh. Okay. That we haven't seen in a long time. True. CM? Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I was sitting here thinking the same thing. Like, you know, there, there's there hasn't been anybody since China, a, a woman wrestler, that you actually felt had a legitimate chance to go toe to toe with one of the guys. Exactly, you know, that right? legitimate aspect, yes. And uh, and like you know, I feel like that could have happened. So if she would have tapped Triple H, I'd have been perfectly happy with that. But I, I think the double taps, you know, with Carter and Triple H and and Ronda and Stephanie and mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff, and then Ronda, you know, ultimately getting the the win and at the end, I think you know that was fine too. I mean, okay. I, think, I don't think, as long as Ronda won, I don't think they could have gone wrong with how they sure. finished it. So, And I don't think it could have happened any other way, Jam and Jason. Ronda yeah. had to win that match. Yep. You yep. know, bring her into all this hype, bring her into this big story. If she loses that match, then that just takes away from the entire thing. And then Ronda Rousey's value in the WWE goes down. Yeah. yeah. So Now, do you think they're headed towards a Stephanie versus Ronda one on one? Yeah. Next? They got a, there's value in there. Yeah. They can do that. Um, and that could, that could be a big match at SummerSlam. Yeah. You know, and that could be at the point where Ronda's gotten her feet wet and mm-hmm. Stephanie can also hold her own at that point in time. Um, I think they might have some corner men at that time. Maybe not a t- mixed tag team match, but maybe some corner people to help you know, just smooth it all out. Uh, maybe The Rock finally comes back and they fulfill that prophecy from three years ago so The Rock is in Ronda's corner and Triple H is in Stephanie's corner. Maybe. I don't know. But I think there's value in that. Yep. Uh, but like to, to your points, guys around the table, Ronda's she's going to get in there and it's going to be a main event attraction match with anybody. Um, and the people that can really hold their own, Charlotte, Asuka, even Sasha Banks, <coughs> Bailey, you know, all these other people, that, that could work. Yeah. Um, and she honestly wants to be there. That's the difference between her does. and Brock. Brock right. does not want to That's be there. That's right. right. yeah. So let me ask you guys this. Speaking of Ronda and, and Brock, now we've seen Ronda put Triple H through a table. We've seen her square out with him at WrestleMania. When Ronda starts competing in, you know, some stories, you know, with some of these other women, does she get billed and booked like Brock, where she's just going to dominate these matches and that's going to be it, you know? And in theory, just sending people to Suplex City, you know, and 
or or you know are are people going to get offense against her? You know, how do you make that real? Because I mean, we know that she could just pretty much kill anybody in that ring. So right, I, th- I think she's I think she's got to pay her dues a little bit and all. Like you know, maybe against the the lower end of the women's roster, you know, maybe not. But you know, you get to that middle tier of women. You know, I mean, the N- Natalias or the Naomi's, and not I hate putting them in the middle, but they're not necessarily the big stars like Sasha and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think against those types, I see those guys or those ladies getting you know in their licks against Ronda, but. Um, you know, she's going to have to take a little bit of being. I can't see them making her the Brock Lesnar type where she's just runs roughshod over the uh, division. Because then when she finally gets to Oscar or Charlotte, then, you know, she's just going to win. And then, then who faces her after that? Exactly. You right. Know, it's it, kind of kind of the corner that they brought, uh, WWE backed themselves into with Brock. You know, yeah. Who, who beats Brock now? You know, nobody. So. Yes. Right. And that's the thing. But Brock is not performing at any kind of level no. at all. But right. so he's billed as this unbeatable giant. But. He really is beatable. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So, Jamie Jason, you agree? Yeah, I agree. That's what I was going to say. We don't want to make that same mistake twice. Yeah. yeah. She's <laughs> she's human. I mean, she's not a UFC competitor anymore. She has that UFC background, but she's not invincible. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be the stories and um, you know the the talents of these other women that are going to come up to have to take her down. But it's still going to be a special attraction. It's not going to be. We're not going to see overexposure Ronda Rousey on every single show every time competing it's not going to be happening we're going to see Ronda Rousey competing every once in a while again like she's on the I think she's now, on the- why, why do you think that and the reason I say that is because they have Brock Brock is an attraction but it's been well documented that Brock is a part-time wrestler they yeah. make that very clear Ronda Rousey they pretty much said has come full-time she's full-time and there's been plenty of people that we think, you know, we thought Shinsuke was going to be more of an attraction, but they've overexposed them to the max. Yeah. So why would they not do the same with Ronda Rousey? Or why do you think they won't? I just, if they if they go too far too quick, it in my opinion, it just devalues when she does actually come out and have this big match. Like this match, you know, she was signed and she came out at the Royal Rumble and she came out to just walk out. She didn't have a match until April. That was January to April. So there was three months of a build there. I think you can get a bigger build if you don't overexpose her. Like, she's not going to come out like every week like Natalia. She's the workhorse. She's going to come out and wrestle a match every week. Naomi, same thing. She's going to come out and wrestle a match every week. I mean, we might see Ronda in a capacity, but I don't think we'll have her competing all the time. That's the thing. Well, I, I she's going to so. turn through that I'm roster. hoping that. And I, you know I figured, what I'm saying? I figure you're going to see her on TV part-time, but she's going to be training. She's going to be actually working full-time. Yeah, she, full-time. She, well, she's going to have to train. I mean, you can't roll her out to TV every week just because she's still green. I mean, she's, yeah. you know, it was one thing to have three months to prepare for this WrestleMania match and all, which was great, and yeah. it worked out. You know, but until she gets her bearings in the ring, you can't have her on TV all the time. Yeah, she's not going to be the one to come to the building at the 2 o'clock production meeting and say, hey, Ronda, you're going in against, you know, whoever tonight, right. and you got that much time to prepare for it, and here's your script, here's your story, here's your time. I, she's not going to be that kind of worker. No. Nah. It's yeah. going to be a special attraction, and it's going to mean something when it does happen. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to everything Ronda Rousey. You mentioned Shinsuke Nakamura. Let's just go into that. Uh, the match was decent but didn't blow away everybody's expectations, in my opinion, with AJ and Shinsuke. But I think one of the reasons is because of what happened at the end, the Shinsuke heel turn, which is odd because I think he's one of the highest producing merchandise in the company. Uh, as far as you know, things being sold with Shinsuke on it or whatever, he's one of the highest selling merch. Um, to turn him heel, let's just throw it out there. Somebody go on a tangent. Uh, Shinsuke heel. 
I think CM Funk might have said this uh, at WrestleMania, but it's not it's not going to work because he's too over. Yeah. So it was very odd choice, but uh, we'll see where they go with it. Yeah. I, Good luck. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was strange. I think something like that was needed in in either for Nakamura or for AJ. That, to me, they could have turned either one of them heel. Sure. I think, you know, AJ probably would have made more sense, but I think that's what the cool thing about Shinsuke turning is, is that it really kind of came out of the blue. Sure. But when when he turned up on uh, SmackDown on Tuesday night and all, his backstage interview with Renee Young was perhaps one of the best two-minute interviews I've ever seen. Yeah. And he played up the heel part better than anybody has in a long time. And then to come out and finish out SmackDown the same way he finished out the match at WrestleMania, um, it, it, it's, I'm, I'm sold on it now. So No speak of English. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that was great. And a great promo. And he came out and did the low blows again. And he walked out to the inc- entire crowd booing him. Right. The, this, the idea with that is they can't play his music. And they can't give the fans a chance to get over with Shinsuke. It's not going to be like Elias where he's over for you know 20 minutes and then he has to turn him heel again. <laughs> it's going to be they're going to make people hate Shinsuke, which is going to make people like anybody who he's facing in essence because we haven't really had a great overall heel character and until you know Tommaso Ciampa was legitimately hated by everybody in that NXT crowd we don't have a real heel character we have faces we have heels and then we have who the crowd likes and who the crowd doesn't so I think it's going to be great what do you think Jam and Jason yeah and I think Smackdown needs another high level heel amen because they need all the help they can get at this point but does he stay there because we got the superstar shakeup happening shortly after this podcast is being recorded yeah I think he'll stay I yeah. think he fits in better there yeah. he would just get lost in the shuffle on Raw and yeah like, and I mean and they planted the seeds for obviously him and AJ to continue their, their feud and for him to maybe face Daniel Bryan down the uh, down the road too which who right. would not want to see Nakamura against Daniel Bryan oh yeah. my god yeah Plus, I, plus Shinsuke has experience being a heel, I believe, over in Japan. Oh, yes. Well. He was so, one of the major heels for a couple of years over yeah. there. Um, especially when he, him leading into his match with AJ the first time in New Japan. Shinsuke was uh, very over, but he was a heel character. Yeah. So it was the heel part of what he does now that got him over in Japan. So More I, natural to him, possibly. I, absolutely. He looks like, I mean, he's, when he smiles, he smiles with evil intent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that mouthpiece in and everything like that, I'm like, oh, I, I can dig this now. Yeah. Yep. So when they went, and to your point as well, CM Funk, there's more matches involved with AJ and Shinsuke. One and done at WrestleMania, I understand now why it was sort of a basic ABC match. Because you don't want to knock it out of the park and just overshoot yourself on the first time because you have nothing to build to in the future. Yeah. So, got more coming, Big Ugly, with AJ and Shinsuke as a heel at this point in time. Uh, so, that will be fun. Let's just uh, throw can, in... Can, 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 can I segue to the next match? Uh, you can segue. Match in go this, for it. This is to go off Jam and Jason here, who uh, just was talking about how SmackDown needs more heels. I completely disagree and all. They have Jinder Mahal. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, true, yeah. oh, so no. right there... <laughs> He also heel work begins and ends with Jinder Mahal. So, so you were happy with him winning in the U.S. title? I at was perfectly happy with that. I, I have no problems with it. Did Rusev and Rusev Day? Does that deserve to win? Of course it does. But I'm more than happy to take Jinder Mahal as your United States champion. But does Rusev need a championship right now? He is so over with what he's doing in his gimmick, and we see some some head shake. And Rusev does not need a championship right now. I no. think. He, oh, go ahead. No, go, go ahead, ahead. David. I was going to say I think he deserves a WrestleMania moment. Even if you're going to pull the championship off him two days later, a week later, they should have let him win at WrestleMania. Okay, for the pop. 
Right. It would have been a Zack Ryder type of a Sure. Moment, yeah. You know? so, they let him get a moment? Sure, yeah. why not? Yeah. And you were shaking your head there, Big Ugly. Yeah, well, my thing is I don't I don't necessarily feel like he needs a moment because Rusev has already been in big match situations during WrestleMania. Sure. So it's like now he's got the Rusev day going on. But, I mean, Rusev has been one of the biggest heels in wrestling before. You know, when he was doing the, the Bulgarian brute thing, he had to match with, I think, face John Cena. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he rode in that's, on a tank. Right. That's a, I mean, so I, was, I feel like as a wrestler, he's had, you know, big moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I don't think I don't think he needs a title right now. You know, he's, he, he's, he's pretty over without it. You know, it's kind of like Elias. Like, Elias is pretty over right now. He doesn't need sure. a belt, you know. So. so the guys that actually have the championships, it, it makes sense for them to have the title because they don't have something else driving underneath of them. Brock Lesnar, all he has right now is the title. Uh, eventually he's going to lose it, but you know what I'm saying? AJ Styles, it makes more sense for him to have the title right now and to have the Shinsuke-built story building up. Jinder, hey... Uh, a U.S. title being held by, uh, you know, him from the great country of India. 1.3 billion people. Sure, why not? I, I'm all right with it. Bobby Roode, flat. Uh, I love Bobby Roode, but uh, unfortunately that's flat. And uh, Maybe he needs to be healed. Well, he does. He yeah, definitely he does. needs to be healed. <laughs> no question. Um, but uh, that U.S. title match was just kind of in there. I don't want to say filler, but, it, you know, I agree with uh, Damien, actually, who said that could have been on the pre-show mm-hmm. and then have uh, the Cruiserweight Championship, which, keep it 205 alive. I know you said you gave up, Jam and Jason. I gave up for, for a while. But uh, that was a good match, actually. I know we, it didn't get its due. But even uh, something else that I heard, like, usually during those pre-shows, people are still filtering into the building. People were, I mean, there was 70,000 people in that building at 5 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? So they must have opened the doors earlier to have people in there for all three pre-matches and everything like that. So, I'm okay with, uh, I'm okay with Jinder Mahal. I I was a mark for him when he won the championship, the heavyweight championship. So now he is going to probably take that title into Saudi Arabia because all the championships are on the line. Every single title that the WWE has is on the line. But what, what I'm not okay with is another feud with Randy Orton. No, yeah, Damien got that right. Yeah, I don't understand uh, why we're doing this again. We, we haven't seen that yet this yeah, year. This year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Randy Orton, that. uh, that's another one who's flat. Um, he, he could go to a part-time schedule. He's done everything that he needs to do yeah. in WWE. He could be just come, somebody to come back and pop the crowd and RKO somebody out of nowhere, and that's that's fine. I mean, once again, why not have him feud with Rusev? Why not why that be not? the long-term three-, four-month feud, you know, coming right. up? Like, I just don't understand. And I think this. the other thing that makes him flat is um, – the fact that he's a face, like Orton, Orton needs to be a heel. Yeah. When he gets put in programs where he's a heel, you know, things start heating up a bit. It's okay, but yeah, his little face is not working out anymore. Yeah. Amen. So, what do you guys think about? Uh, I'm gonna just segue into do it. My girl, Oscar. Yeah. And Charlotte streak ending. What are you guys' thoughts? Right move. I say initially, I was surprised that they built this streak up and they kept building and building the streak up. But if somebody's going to beat the streak, let it be Charlotte. Charlotte is their golden woman in the WWE. She is... Um, She's a John Cena. She, yeah, yeah, she is of the women's division. She doesn't necessarily need the championship, but it's good that she has it because she... The championship doesn't make her. She makes the championship. Yeah, she brings respect to it. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and I think there's more uh, gas for that feud to continue. Um, I, I, you know, there's definitely, it's not necessarily the rematch clause, but Asuka can have, or I'll say Charlotte can have a great match with everybody. Asuka is a definite attraction. She's not going anywhere. I don't think it hurts her. Guys, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I go back to somebody said earlier, you know, uh, it made sense on Tuesday night, Charlotte winning when Carmella cashed in the money right. in the bank. You yeah. know, it made it would have made no sense for Carmella to cash in on Oscar right. and end the streak like that. That just is stupid. So, um, yeah, initially, same thing, shocked that it happened. But, you know, when you think about it, it made the most sense mm-hmm. you know, long term. So, And Oscar's not going to be hurt by having the one loss on her record. So, Right. JMJ? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then once again, it was uh, probably, what, the second best match of the night? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. definitely. Yeah. As far as a technical wrestling match, that was not an ABC match. That was yeah. an actual straight. And I went back and watched that again, and I do encourage you guys to watch it again. That was a great match. Yeah. Um, great reversals, great psychology, uh, great great in ring work by both of them. And they, and that, what was that, second match on the card? I believe that was. What's the main card? Yeah, I think you might be right. right. Uh, I think that on, was the here. second uh, match. Got on the that, card. Um, yeah, second second match right at wow. the IC title in the main card. Right out yeah. of the gate. Uh, so, odd placement and booking. Here's the thing, and, and this has been on one of those hundreds of podcasts as well, and this is exactly what I was thinking. All right, so at the end of the match, um, Asuka congratulates Charlotte, uh, you know, presents her with the, the championship belt, and then Asuka takes her walk. Uh, I'm sorry, Charlotte takes her walk back with the title. Then the camera cuts to a referee running into the crowd to tell John Cena that, hey, you got to go in the back and get your shit on right now. And then the camera follows John Cena over the barricade, out in the ring, and then they show a shot of Asuka watching and just kind of laughing at this. I think that completely stole the thunder of the whole story being trying to be told by Asuka and Charlotte. That, I I, under- I didn't like it at all. Yeah, yeah. it's a complete, complete sign of disrespect. Yeah. Yes. So. Horrible. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Asuka, I mean, and they, they built her, you know, if you look at the package... You know, it was like she hadn't been. De- she's been in there since 2015 and hadn't been defeated. Yeah. You know, and then Charlotte does this, and then it's like, but the big story is John Cena has to go to the back. Right. That's that's ridiculous, man. It's like imagine if that was Goldberg's streak, and then you know, like, would he yeah. have gotten the same treatment? You know, yeah. we're gonna pan over to John Cena. It's right. Like, right. Come on, that's crazy. I, I still want to know how John Cena got tickets that close so late <laughs> in the game too. That just. Yeah. That's and why didn't when they just text him? Right. Why exactly. Right. <laughs> Why the referee had to run out? Matter of fact, forget Goldberg. Look how they treated the Undertaker when his streak ended. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. everything stopped. You right. know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The like, world the stopped. The world stopped. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, that exit from the ring lasted 15 minutes. I mean, and the, anything that happened after that, you know, like the women's uh, battle royal or whatever they had after that, was just the crowd was dead. Yeah. Absolutely dead. Well, they kind of did the same thing. I mean, they they brought they brought another woman, but they kind of just cut the thunder out of out of Oscar when she won a Royal Rumble and it's like immediately they brought right. out Ronda Rousey right. you know so they yeah. overshadowed Oscar right. so if I was Oscar I would turn heel and snap on somebody <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying right. I mean Oscar be like alright I, I don't think I'm being treated the way I need to be treated and I obviously didn't win doing my thing so nobody ready for Oscar yeah nobody ready for the Oscar about to come up and beat your ass so I yeah I didn't like that at all I wouldn't have minded it them just letting them continue Asuka, you know, somebody standing up in the crowd, standing ovation for Asuka, let her walk away and say thank you, whatever, and then go to some kind of commercial for, you know, Paige's new movie that we saw several times with the Rock promo, and then uh, come back after that, watch John Cena drinking a beer, then have the referee come into the crowd at the beginning of the next segment and tell him to go out, and then as John Cena's leaving, they start the next match, and then come back a few segments later with John Cena coming out. Yeah, I agree. So... Yeah, didn't like that at all. But, uh, again, one of the best matches on the card. 
right there. Um, we could go on and on and on. Let's just throw out the next tangent. Let's talk about Nicholas. Let's talk about the 10-year-old guy that looks like a girl, the son of a referee that we found out the next day. Uh, um, I must have missed that on Ross. So he's the son of what referee? Uh, John Cone. John Cone, yeah. One of the referees that's been around WWE for a while. So, I mean, is the kid a Make-A-Wish kid? or he's just, no, no. no. Just the son of... Uh, so, apparently... Uh, now, now I'm more irritated. Okay, <laughs> continue. <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't a plant. They had to re- they had to realize that, that you know, this, this kid had to... Or they have to say that it, that it was a plant. You know what I'm saying? They can't just pull some random kid because you got lawsuits. You know, drug testing that needs to be done. Exactly, <laughs> drug testing. You need, need to see if he's on some like juice boxes or something like that. Um, but there's been so much that has come out of this, and it only lasted 24 hours because on Raw, uh, Braun Strowman and Nicholas uh, gave the tag team championships back to Kurt Angle, uh, and then Nicholas said, you know. When when he gets out of school, yeah, somebody's gonna get these hands. You'll get these hands, <laughs> and, and they got entrance videos for Nicholas. Nicholas got hashtag. Nicholas got merch. I mean, that name is. Uh, I mean, this is something, and this is something that I was thinking that was on the other podcast as well. Vince wants to show that anything can happen when you go to a WWE show. So. If you're a kid, you know, you can pick right out of the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Anything can happen. And that's why another thing with John Cena sitting in the crowd. If you're in the crowd of WWE show, you could be sitting right next to a WWE superstar. Um, it just kind of gives that different flavor. I understand that part of it. But then again, you have this traditionalist that say, oh, it took it away from the tag team championship. Cesaro and, and Sheamus got buried. You know what I mean? They don't need to prove anything to anybody. They, they don't just set the bar. They are the bar. Yeah. I, like, I don't think that they necessarily buried them because I, I, I think that they'll recover regardless. Oh, absolutely. My thing, my thing is that logically it doesn't – it didn't make sense. Like if Braun Strowman wanted to go after the tag team titles – why would he logically pick a child that he knows can't stick around? It's like, and that's exactly what happened, right? He relinquished yeah. the belts on the very next episode. Sure, so but if he really like, wanted the titles. If he really wanted the titles, he would have gotten somebody that he knew could help sustain that championship run. Sure. Not pick a child that he knows. Is in the fourth grade. Exactly, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. He could look at the child and be like, I know he has to go back to school tomorrow. This was Sunday, tomorrow's Monday. You know what I'm saying? It, it didn't make sense, logically. That's my thing. It's not about the fact that he beat. The bar. I just would prefer him to just be like, I don't need a partner. I'm going to just hold both of these titles it, myself. You know, and it would have made a whole lot more sense, especially for John Cena, to just stay out in the crowd. He might have gotten picked by Braun. <laughs> yeah. and, you know? It would have been funny if Braun actually walked past John Cena and John <laughs> Cena was, like, raising his hand. And, and then Braun just kind of put his hand in front of his right. face like, I can't see you. <laughs> like, and walk past John Cena and be like, oh, I'm right, right. And so that sets up a feud between Cena and Strowman. So. Yeah. But uh, there's a... There's a lot of different ways to be looked at this, except just now the fact that that's one of the most talked about things at WrestleMania uh, that happened. You know, they picked the kid out of the crowd, kid got on the apron, kid actually extended his hand for the hot tag, got the tag, got in the ring, and the, and the look that Cesaro gave the kid was priceless. Like he was going to kill him. And then he just tagged right back out. So And the crowd popped for that hot tag, too. And then Strowman came in. Power Slam, won the titles. So the kid, you know, they got WrestleMania, legendary forever. This kid gets to walk back with the titles. Kid holds the championship for 24 hours, and then they give it up. So I like it for what it was worth, but it, you know, it, that could have happened on a Raw exactly. or a house show. That's more of a house show thing, you know, a live event thing. Right, yeah. yes. Not WrestleMania's the big stage. It just kind of shows where Strowman is. Strowman has been built as this 
unbelievable killer that can get beat by one F5, by the way. Thank you. I was going to make the yeah. comment if yep. you didn't. Thank you. So he is, he's the company guy. You know, he's going to be that guy who's going to go in there. And we, he proved that he can do some of the haha, you know, with the whole Elias thing. So he's very well-rounded. You can put a title on him at any time, but you don't really need to. My, Elias is a feature. See, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Strowman is a feature. Yeah, I mean, that, my one takeaway from this, like, I've got no problem with the kid being involved and them winning the tag titles. That that part doesn't bother me one bit. I'm, I'm cool with that. It's it's sports entertainment after right, all. Absolutely. So. But now to continue booking Braun Strowman, though, as the monster among men, yet here's this monster who's supposed to be this big, tough guy and all, and he goes and he gets a 12-year-old out of the audience and makes him a tag team partner, and then acts Ten. like his best 10... Fourth grader, whatever, <laughs> and then acts like it, you know it's his best buddy the next night on Raw, and he's like all super friendly and you know with him and everything. It's like to me, it takes some of the aura away from Braun Strowman's character now, and mm-hmm. and you know what, it probably won't hurt him in the long run. Right. But to me, like I kind of look at him a little differently now. I'm not as terrified of oh here comes Braun Strowman, he's going to just rip through. And while having a kid as your tag team partner doesn't make you any less strong or anything like that. It just kind of takes away, I think, a little bit from his character. But, um, you know, you. whatever. I, no, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, right? it is what it is. It was a fun moment. So. It was a fun moment. So, and oh, we yeah, were he's all, a monster, but he's good with kids. So. Right, right. right yeah. <laughs> and it had us all, like, shaking our heads and scratching our heads. But it was actually, you know, five hours into the show, and it was something different, something interesting to see. You know, we were all wondering who his partner's going to be. And then when he picked the partner, we were all like, what the, you know, what, what's <laughs> happening here? Uh, Jam and Jay, any final thoughts on Nicholas? I want the Brickless t-shirt. <laughs> I want the t-shirt. <laughs> There's got to be merch coming yeah. out for that. I'm telling you. Th- this kid, I'm telling you. I think we haven't talked about the tag match. I don't, I don't really have much to say about this match except for... Because I missed most of it, I think. I went upstairs for a You minute. did? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I didn't want the Bludgeon Brothers. That's the only thing win. you yes, said. Yeah. That was my parting words, and of course they won. And of so, course they won. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm just not sold on these guys. The Bludgeon Brothers, it's just whatever. And I agree with Damian Miller that I think that the Uso-New Day feud is going to get a little stale soon. Yeah. So, I don't know. Does that make SmackDown these new tag teams? Because they keep doing New Day and, and Uso, which is kind of telling me you guys are running low on tag teams here. Yeah, so. uh, and I think they have well, them. They're just Breezango? not using them. Yeah, yeah. Breezango yeah, exactly. is yeah. one of them, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Gable and uh, yeah, Benjamin, sure. absolutely. But they, they tried getting Gable and Benjamin over, and it just didn't happen. And they even tried turning them heel, and it didn't happen for him. So I think that's kind of they're where... They're both so good, though. They are good in the ring, in the ring, but if you don't have any backstory or character, then you know, you're know right. you kind of in a bad situation. But yeah, I, I, think, I think you're going to see a lot of tag teams... Uh, move around in the uh, superstar shakeup yeah. coming up. So. And there's going to be some tag teams that are split, and you're going to see some singles runs, and you're going to see other tag teams that are going to be formed and created out of this. So it's not the um, you know the traditional tag team like the, the Dudley Boys. Like they were a tag team from the beginning all the way through the end, except for one little run. So you don't, you're not going to get a lot of that anymore. I mean, the Usos are uh, a plain tag team, straight tag team. The New Day's got that you know Freebird gimmick where you can use any two of them at any time. Um, Bludgeon Brothers gonna take a while, but there's no way they could have come out of this match losing as where the way they built them up, destroying everybody all at one time. Yes. And that match lasted less than five minutes. So uh, I think the coolest part about that match was the entrance and the uh, MWF, the Midget Wrestling Federation superstars coming down in pancake gear. Yeah. Um, I'm happy about this because I, I got to work with some of those guys last year at the EWA Midget Mania, yeah. and there was a couple of guys on there uh, that worked in the pancakes. So I remember. Yeah. Good for them. I wanted to. I wanted to say, um, unless anybody else had a comment on the tag team, you know, it is what it is, and um, 
Uh, uh, Jeremy Borash, by the way, uh, doing great work with Kevin Dunn in the 3D, all that stuff that uh, happened with the pancakes and the signage and everything like that. So, uh, Jeremy Borash making his mark. Go ahead. I was going to move on to uh, the Andrea Giant Battle Royal and the pre-show. Yes, and I was going to ask, what do you got? What What do you guys think of the Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt? Alliance thing. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with Bray Wyatt's return. I was I was wanting a little. I was wanting something different, but we got the same Bray Wyatt, same look, same everything. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this yet. I mean, maybe I need to give it some more time, but I just want to get you guys' thoughts from what you saw in WrestleMania and Raw, which was kind of almost nothing. They were backstage, but right. Go ahead. Uh, I think Bray Wyatt was due for a face run, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with Matt Hardy and mm-hmm. how he develops, how he changes. and It could be somewhat similar to when Mick Foley was playing Mankind and Mankind turned face. That was kind of odd. Yeah. And then he started you know, bringing out the other characters. So yeah. mm-hmm. maybe we'll see a little something more out of Bray Wyatt or hu- the return of Husky Harris or <laughs> <laughs> something. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually agree with Big Ugly here. Like, I was expecting Bray to have a different look to him, you know, Um I'm fine with Bray, you know, being Woken now and uh, being part of the Woken Warriors and all that. It's great. I think it's fun. But, yeah, he could have changed his look up a little bit instead of just putting a, uh, uh apron on. Like, that was his big change, I guess. So, <laughs> I think it's going to be a slow burn. I think uh, they're going to change him bit by bit. I don't think he can repackage somebody in two weeks. Um, but but he was reincarnated. That, right. That was my thought. <laughs> the lake of reincarnation. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's from the inside out. Maybe we don't see it visually oh. yet, but maybe he's being re- reincarnated inside. And it kind of goes with that little backstage promo that was Monday Night Raw where they uh, encountered Jeff Hardy in the back. And that was kind of weird too, right? Because it's like... Called him Brother they Nero called him too. Brother Nero, but he's still just wrestling as Jeff Hardy. So... For now. For now, okay. But that but, was but fun. He, but he made an appearance as Brother Nero during... The final deletion. He did. So it's weird. Uh, it's like they had him be Brother Nero, and we saw it, and then they bring him back, and it's just like, oh, no, he's just Jeff Hardy. But I don't know. Well, they had to bring Jeff Hardy back to what the fans, the massive amount of fans know him as, and that's Jeff Hardy. But he, now he can turn, and he can become woken or broken himself. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways that this can go. And um, I, I like the, actually the reactions. I think it was, uh, what was it, Seth Rollins and yeah. Finn Balor, <laughs> that they were just standing there watching, and they turned the camera back. To them, uh, Jeff turned and looked at looked at them, and they were just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and Jeff was like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> so, I, I think there's a more creativity with both Hardys at this point in time, individually and together, um, woken and broken. So now that they have the entire broken universe at their disposal, I think there's plenty that can go on with that. It's going to be have to be a slow burn, but uh, plenty of time for that. Uh, what else did we have? I mean, WrestleMania was a long, long, long Daniel Bryan, man. Oh, man, yeah. So, Damian Miller brought it up. Daniel Bryan came in, got his stuff in, then he got knocked out of the match for 10, 15 minutes. Just like he did at WrestleMania 30, uh, WrestleMania New Orleans last time, he got knocked out of the match, and then he came back and won. This is what happened. Y'all enjoy Daniel Bryan? You like the kind of the updated ring gear and just uh, Daniel Bryan in general, guys? So, here's my thing. Yep. I've never been a huge Daniel Bryan person. Uh, I mean, Daniel Bryan's fine. I don't have anything against him. But it's like, I've never been like, oh my gosh, I have to watch Daniel Bryan matches and he's my favorite wrestler and I want to yes, yes, yes all day. It's like, I mean, he's he's cool. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, seeing him back, it was like, I'm glad as a person that he's able to come back and wrestle because I know this is what he wanted. But, I mean, it was what it was. It was Daniel Bryan. Okay. Sam? Jamie? 
Um, no one's going to listen to our podcast anymore after I just said that. Right, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah you're, I, I ruined it. Yeah. You, just, uh, you just took the thunder right, yeah. away from my podcast. Um, I, to be honest, like, I'm, I'm happy with Daniel Bryan back. I'm cool with the way the match rolled out. Um, I think, you know, Daniel needed to take the rest because they need to put all the heat on Shane and his yeah. diverticulitis and everything. Cause yeah, because he received he, that from getting powerbombed right, at the backstage. Because right, you can get diverticulitis right. by that. It's amazing. It's oh amazing. Um, but to me, the, the bigger story out of this whole thing, and I'll forget Daniel Bryan for a minute, forget Shane for a minute. What's going to happen with KO and Sammy? <laughs> That's what I want to know because they missed out on their chance of getting back for SmackDown. They missed out on their chance of getting back by going on Raw. So now what happens with them? So I, I'm more interested in that than I am the Daniel Bryan. Let me tell you what happened on Raw if you guys don't know or for some of the, you may have been watching on Hulu that may not have seen this. Uh, so Kevin and Sammy came to Raw looking for a job. They went backstage and they spoke to Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle was like, man, that's tough. You guys are looking for work. It's like, hey, you know, I hear TNA is hiring. (laughs) Right out of Kurt Angle's mouth, live on Monday Night Raw. And that got a holy shit chant. A backstage (laughs) promo got a holy shit chant because he flat out said, I heard TNA is hiring. Because, and we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. I mean, uh, there's a, a good there's not much left in TNA after the Hall of Fame and, and WrestleMania and Raw this week. But, yes, it's going to be interesting to see them because they've got the superstar shakeup. So, right now, they're not on either show. So, will they be out there with uh, picket signs, kind of like, uh, you know, politicking for a job on one or both shows? You know, will they get split up? What will happen? I, I love Cam, Cam uh, Cammy, I guess it is. <laughs> Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Big fan. Jam and Jay? I think they're going to return with Mass. Okay. That would be, nice. be awesome, man. Nice. El Generico and El Stino. Yeah. There you go. That would be great. That's booking That's right there. Booking, I, I, I did uh, see that uh, Pro uh, Wrestling Tees.net or whatever is uh, offering El Generico t shirt merch again. So maybe, maybe there's yeah. something to that. Yeah. I like it. That'd, I that'd be awesome. pop for that. Yeah. And then they would they would turn face yeah. uh, initially, no matter what they were doing. Because no matter. Yeah. <laughs> did so Edge and Christian do that one time? Like came down to like mass. Um, but everybody knew it was them. Uh, I believe they that Hogan did that, yeah. uh, Mr. America, Andre, Andre did that for Super a while. Machine, Super Machine, yeah. Giant, or the Giant Machine. machine. Yeah, <laughs> you can put a mask on and yeah. just totally reinvent yourself. <laughs> That's a beautiful That's thing. Awesome, man. Um, let's uh, and you know what? The match was a, a decent match for what it was. It was an attraction match. Daniel Bryan had to get the win. Uh, Daniel Bryan looks like he has not lost a step and he has not changed his style at all. Uh, still doing the seated dropkick off the top rope. Uh, still could give himself a concussion in every single match. Um, but I think Daniel Bryan is a workhorse, and it's going to be interesting to see because he, he fought AJ Styles in a very good match on SmackDown Live just two days after WrestleMania. So will he be a workhorse, or will he be a special attraction? It seems like he's going to be the workhorse again and just take it as long as he can do it. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed So we're going to see. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, look for that. We're going to have a whole podcast on them one day. Uh, we had a fan, uh, Michelle, uh, leave something on our Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. And she basically said she's just a fan, but here's her opinion. She liked the mixed tag team with Ronda. She thought they thought they all did a great job and were allowed to go as long as they could. It was entertaining. Some of the matches were kind of slow. She was excited for AJ Styles and Nakamura. That was a little slow, but it wasn't that bad. She thinks The Undertaker should have stayed retired. We all <laughs> talked about that. I hate Brock Lesnar, which seems to be a, a common thing on this podcast. Uh, don't like part-time champ. I'm, I'm not saying Roman is the guy, but definitely not Brock. Um, 
So we thank you, Michelle. We thank you, Damien. We thank you, everybody who listens and likes the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're all over the place. And, of course, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Big Ugly. Can I move on to Monday Night Raw? Of course you can. Um, For a few moments. Let's just just put a bow on WrestleMania real quick. I think we got through everything on WrestleMania. I don't see anything else that we really have not hit. Uh, Congratulations, Nia Jax. That was coming. That was absolutely uh, great. Oh yeah, that's what's Mickey James took a took a hell of a beating. Got one more tangent about WrestleMania. Go for it, and then we're going to move into Big Ugly Monday Night Raw. Go ahead. Is it time to break this into two nights, a Saturday Sunday event? You mentioned that as we were uh, after WrestleMania. What do you think? Is WrestleMania a two night attraction? (sighs) Move move NXT to maybe the prior Sunday or the Hall of Fame to the prior Sunday, and just make it a whole. I I I think they need to limit the amount of matches that they've got. Going forward now, and get it back to a four-hour pay-per-view. I realize it's, I realize it's WrestleMania; it's their big one. But I think two nights, people are still going to be burnt out. Like by the time you get to that second night, and that will be where you're top-heavy with all your stars, you're just going to be burnt out for that. I think. Because um, I was thinking maybe break it Raw and SmackDown. Or yeah, something like it just, that. I mean, but it's already five nights in a row of yeah. non-stop, and it's like, so, yeah, you know. But just, I, mean, I think cut it back a little. Yeah, because making somebody sit for seven hours to watch. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's with two that's battle royals with everybody right. in it, man. And, the, that's, and, and that's with real comfy leather recliners and yeah. stuff, man. <laughs> it's still right. ridiculous. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think that I don't think I don't think you need to break it down into two nights, but I just think just cut back on some of the matches. Like, listen, WrestleMania's sold out before they went to these seven-hour long shows. Exactly. They will continue to sell out even if you bring it back down to four hours. I don't think it's necessary. I, I don't know if they're doing it because they want to get everybody paid. You know, they want to get all their wrestlers on the show. I don't know, but it doesn't need to be this long. Yeah, and, and I agree, and I think you're right. I think they want to get – I mean, Vince wants to pay these people back for working their asses off on – well, television or live events or whatever the case may be, they want to give them the opportunity to walk down the ramp and be in the ring at WrestleMania and actually compete in a match. So the the Battle Royals are a great way to get everybody in. The Battle Royals didn't really last too long, but it's those other matches that you have a 40, 50-yard uh, ramp, you have video packages, you have entrances, and it's going to take a while. you got to scale it back somehow. Yeah. One, of, one of the websites totaled up all the entrances, and it was over 65 minutes. In the entrances? Just the entrances. They had totals for each one, and the grand total is 64, see, 65 that's minutes. That's crazy, man. I mean, I entrance. get it. It's WrestleMania. They do it one time a year, but that's way too long, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, so, I think you know, WrestleMania has been uh, you know seven hours for the past two years. You know, By the time we got to Undertaker and Roman Reigns last year, we were all, we were all beat. Yeah. Um, you know, right. and, so. and, and that's the common thing. For as long as you know we've been doing this podcast, it's like every WrestleMania we've been talking about how you're just exhausted right. by the time you get to the end. You know what I'm saying? And if they continue down this path, like that's going to be the theme of all fans. It's like by the time you get to the main events, like I'm, I'm exhausted, right? You know? And so that's why I think they had you know some of those main attraction matches in the middle because I mean you're, you're going to have Roman and Brock on last, so that's for the championship. But even Shinsuke and AJ went earlier in the card. You know what I mean? And that was a championship match. Um, and the main attraction match, which is the Ronda Rousey match, went in the middle. So it's hard, man. It's, hard. it's yeah. really challenging. But for one time a year, as long as they go back to doing – maybe if they cut the Royal Rumble Survivor Series and SummerSlam back. You know, because those have been five hours apiece, you know, the last – cut that one back. And then if you know you're going into WrestleMania, you know you're going to get a long show, just cut the other ones back and let them – 
tell the story in two and a half or three hours. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Yeah. Um, and you know you're, what you're getting into with WrestleMania. Even NXT TakeOver is usually two hours, and that was three hours this time. But all three hours captivated. It flew by. It flew that, by. Yeah. So that's a bow on WrestleMania. Um, but uh, Big Ugly, you wanted to jump into Monday Night Raw. We talked about a few things with Monday Night Raw already, but what do you want to go into with Monday Night Raw? So two things. Um, number one, Bobby Lashley is back. Ah, I heard TNA is hiring. And yeah. that was shortly after the Bobby Lashley return. And wearing the damn sweat band on his... Sorry, that's <laughs> yeah, just man, my... That, yeah, it's, it's Isn't it horrible. irritating? Yeah. And in HD yeah. on USA Network, it's even worse. So I... I they cut right. it out on Hulu. I bet they did. <laughs> Sorry. So, so I, I, all right. I heard him get a pop, you know, when he came out mm-hmm. or whatever uh, to disrupt. I think Elias was out there, right? He was. Yeah. So, I, I didn't personally like. I wasn't watching TNA, right? But mm-hmm. I know from Bobby Lashley's first WWE run, I was never impressed with the guy. I mean, was he doing big things in TNA? That he was one of their main eventers. Uh, he was in their championship spotlight, you know, doing big things. Not really, right? Not really. I mean, the last big, great yeah. match he had, was, two of them, was with Bobby Roode and Kurt Angle, and they're now both in right. the WWE. So how do they decide who's just going to come straight up? Because I personally feel like Bobby Lashley is a guy that just needs to go down to NXT first. I would have liked Bobby Lashley. And build, and build a character up before coming coming up. But we see he's just hitting the main roster. I mean, what do you guys say about Bobby Lashley's return? Let's go around the That's table. That's what I'm getting to. See yeah. how funk. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I could. I, I really could care less. I was never a Bobby Lashley fan the yeah. first time around. I wasn't a fan in TNA because, well, I didn't even know he was on Impact for the longest time. And then, yeah, now I'm like, whatever. It's it's Bobby Lashley. He's one dimensional, and and he, and he wears a headband. So that, yeah, that, that's and it. he can't cut a promo. No, he He's, needs to be part of Titus Worldwide. Absolutely. There you go, Jamie yeah. J. Yeah, the only reason I think they brought him back is just one another. Opponent for Lesnar, basically that a fresh could opponent. Work. Somebody and plus with he has an MMA, MMA background. Yeah. MMA background. That's the only reason I can see bringing this guy back right now. And that's fine. Have a yeah. special attraction match. That's going to be a one and done. But I hope you have a referee in there that can run that match because neither one of them can yeah. hold their own. I mean, I would have gone for like an Eli Drake if I was going to bring somebody in from. Hell yeah! yeah. And then he could talk on the microphone. Yeah, but exactly. uh, Bobby Lashley is one of their biggest stars, and I think for the the Raw after SmackDown for shock value. You know that's fine to bring him out for that Raw after Smack uh, Raw after WrestleMania. Um, they could legitimately send him down. I think he would work well in NXT, especially since NXT is losing all their big players. They're coming all coming up, um, so you got a fresh roster in NXT. So anything's possible with the superstar shakeup, but he needs to be part of a faction. He needs a mouthpiece. Uh, I don't think he can do it on his own. So, so we're all in agreement, yeah. He'll we're be, all in agreement. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be in the mid-card in no time. And okay. Is his finisher, he'll be, right, he'll be sucking out the mid-card in no time. Is his finisher going to be the delayed vertical suplex? Because you can't do that to everybody. Uh, there's people that are bigger than him. I mean, maybe not everybody, but I mean, I don't know. You can't can, do it to Braun. Can't do it to Braun. Right. You can do it to Brock, but I don't know if Brock will sell you for that. Um, but, I mean, the delayed vertical suplex, really? Is that, I mean, British Bulldog did that as a heat, ma- you know, in the middle of the match. So is that going to be his finisher? No? Nah, don't know? Is it, was that his finisher on TNA? No, it was a spear. Oh. Everybody has the damn Everybody, spear. Yeah, yeah, yeah can't do So that. you can't do the spear because you already got too many people with the spear as it is. You got range. You got rats. That's one too many. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets hit with six F5s but gets beat by two spears, uh, these finishers are not protected anymore. It don't even matter. Yeah. Six F5s. Uh, except Man, the, well, crazy. yeah. Anyway, moving on. All right. So what's, what's next on Monday Night Raw? What's next? 
No way, Jose. Am right. Is being called up. Adam Rose ripoff or no? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. He's got I, the rosebuds. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's a one-time deal, just because it was the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. Go big, you know, go home type deal. I hope he doesn't keep doing that because that'll be over after the second time. So. He's going to be, I mean, they're going to cut the commercial breaks during his intro, and you're going to come back and see him jobbing out to somebody who else is getting pushed. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Unless, I mean, he does, he's good for live events. He's perfect for live events, but for television, doesn't come across. Yeah. Nope. Right. I love No Way Jose, though. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I like No Way right. Jose. Mid Carter, put that next one. Mid okay. Carter. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Moving um, on. Ember Moon. All right. Ember Moon has come up. What do we think? Um, she deserves it. She was in the Women's Royal Rumble, I believe. Yep. Um, she had a great match with Shayna Baszler, and uh, Ember Moon does not need a championship. Uh, I like her music. I like her deal. Um, she's got great presence in the ring. I just don't want her to get sucked up, sucked up in this women's revolution and get pushed to the side. You know what I'm saying? Um, but she could earn her dues up on Raw and SmackDown too. Yeah, I don't think I don't think she's going to get pushed to the side. She'll, I think she'll be. She's okay. got enough. Uh, yeah. There's enough about her. She has a presence. Yeah, she really does. That you know that can't be denied. So I think they'll they'll use her. And we've had enough of Sasha and Bailey who have been you know kind of downplayed to the women's battle royal at WrestleMania, which was the biggest story in there. Even though name Naomi stole it, which was interesting. But I think uh, Ember Moon's going to be great. Jam and Jason, what do you think about Ember Moon? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And I, th- I like how they um, left the feud off one to one. And next for the championship, Ember won a match. Shayna won a match. So it keeps that you know fresh. When Shayna comes up, they can have the big payoff at some point. Can Ember en- engage in a rematch clause? Can she actually even better being on the main roster? Can she say, that. hey? You know, and they've done it before when yeah. they've kind of cross-branded with those things. When Kevin Owens came up with the NXT Championship, same thing. So can they defend NXT Championships on WWE shows and vice versa? And does that take away from NXT? Hmm? Mm. I, I think so. I think so. Because, like, when uh, Owens was up with the NXT Championship, he never defended the he NXT He never defended it up, yeah. He just brought it on the show, and it was kind of like a, whoa, you know, kind of kind of a moment. Yeah. But, I mean, didn't um, Sasha and Bailey, you know, Sasha was already up when she went and they had their third match, I think. Yes. And mm-hmm. went back down for a takeover Brooklyn or something right. like that. So, so yeah, I mean, I think Ember and Shayna could have one more just to finish off the, the rivalry and everything. But, yeah. yeah. But as far as Ember Moon coming up, doesn't move the needle for me one way or the other. I'm not mm-hmm. re- not really a fan yet of hers, so um, you know it'll be interesting to see where they put her and who she ends up kind of going up against once they do the shakeup too. Because mm-hmm. I mean, right now, I mean, uh, she's not going to face Nia Jax immediately for the title or no. anything like that. It doesn't make any sense. So you know, what kind of storyline do you put her in? But and we talk about this in, in rematches. Like Miz said, he's going to take his rematch clause and he's going to get it against uh, Seth Seth Rollins at Backlash. Backlash, right? Which is uh, the first co-branded of many pay-per-views that's going to come up. But so some of them get rematch clauses and some of them don't. Yeah. I know we talked about this offline. Dude, <laughs> what constitutes this? It, you just have to come out, and if you get the time to cut a promo to cut, get a rematch, you get it. <laughs> right. But if you don't get the time to cut a promo to get it, you can't have it. Is that what it is? I mean, what? Orton and the Usos both had to wrestle for a rematch for the titles that they just lost like, at WrestleMania. Like, and, and neither of them actually lost their match no. like, either at WrestleMania. Yet they had to wrestle in a number one uh, contenders match. I, I don't get it. <laughs> 
I do not get it. It's just convenient storytelling, I suppose. Yeah. So there's no rhyme or reason, unfortunately. Uh, we had Jeff Hardy making his return. I mean, he showed up on the Hall of Fame, said he was cleared to wrestle, so he was coming back eventually. But he did come back and make a return. I have another NXT person. Oh, you do? Yes. Go for it. Authors of Pain. Yeah. yeah. AOP. Yeah, AOP. Now, I've already said before, I think on the last podcast with Dr. D, yeah. that I wasn't completely sold on these guys. Right. But the one thing I did like about AOP was Paul Ellery. Because he's, <laughs> However, he's, he's old, yes. he, he looks evil, and he, like he just looks like he... You know, is a manager of some bad guys. And I liked it. Right. right. Then, all of a sudden, they're like, <laughs> we don't want you, manager. So, the best thing about these guys, they're like, we don't want to be with you anymore. Yeah. Now, I just don't like these guys. <laughs> so, yeah. no, I, I'm completely with you, man. I am completely with you. Like, I was totally sold on Authors of Pain. I love the Paul Ellering thing because I love old school wrestling. And now, I'm like... I don't want the authors of pain to succeed. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, how do you just drop Paul Ellering? I'm sorry, yeah. you can't. And do they it. dropped him. It's not like he dropped them. No. They dropped him. Right. Exactly. So obviously he was on some kind of a short term deal, and you know he's older. He's you, up there. He's you, not going to be on TV. You know what I think? What I do you think, think that I think that NXT Triple H, you know, doesn't my managers. I feel like they came up to the main roster. We don't see a lot of managers, and Vince was like, "Yeah, no." No managers for tag team, and that's strange because, because well, if think about it, how many managers are there really? Like, there's who's one, there? and that's Paul Heyman is not really a manager, right. exactly. Yeah, he's an and, and essentially, he's a manager for a part time person, right? right. Yeah. So he's not really even a manager, right? right. <laughs> so, I, right. Yeah, I think I that bitch just totally. doesn't want managers anymore. He's just like, and no. that's a damn shame because I mean, some of these managers really <laughs> like you know when in the era of Bobby the Brain Heenan and Jimmy Hart, and even when Paul Heyman was being a manager, it's like. These guys, Mr. Fuji, you know, they were instrumental in the success of some of the storylines and some of the people. But now it's like you got to get yourself over. Well, and you've got so many guys on the roster and ladies on the roster that can't talk on the microphone. This is the perfect opportunity. That's why those guys had managers back in the 80s and stuff because they couldn't talk on the mic. You've got the perfect opportunity, and there's plenty of talent out there that could be real legitimate managers, you know, for the storylines and Agreed. stuff. Agreed. So. Enzo. <laughs> Enzo has been cleared of all charges, by the way. That was yes. on my notes. I hope he comes back, man. Yeah. There's value you know in Enzo. A big Enzo fan. Yeah. And Big Cass was in the in the Hall of Fame, you know, sitting in the in the crowd, so Big Cass can come back. And he's sometime. not the strongest speaker, let's just face it. No. So just to follow up on people being cleared, Rich Swan was at a CZW show this past week performing. Uh, yeah. It was his first performance since he was let go by WWE. So. How about that? Yeah, okay. so Baltimore in the house. Baltimore yeah. in the house. Well Velveteen Dream is DC, he's close enough. He All was right. representing on the <laughs> Representing on NXT. Uh, what else happened on Raw? Samoa Joe, we talked about that a little earlier. So he kind of made a comeback and he cut a promo on Roman Reigns. That was pretty good. Great promo. Yeah, very good promo. Um, you know, everything leading up to the greatest Royal Rumble, uh, every championship on the line, WWE Network 12 p.m. on uh, Friday, the 27th of April, because of the time difference. Um, no, probably in 12. PM Saturday morning. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, with this Royal Rumble, depending on how long the entrances are, you know. <laughs> Two minutes between each person, I'm telling you. Come on. This is in a 60,000-person stadium, too, so, I mean. But you already got, what, seven or eight matches. At least. Yeah. And uh, most of them are championship matches or the casket match between The Undertaker and Chris Jericho now, uh, which is interesting because Chris Jericho is sort of under contract by New Japan. So they're sort of lending him out to do <laughs> WWE stuff, which is interesting. Yeah. But I'm sure he has in his contract that... That he can... Yeah. Come and go yeah, as he pleases. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I don't think Jericho's letting himself be tied down to anybody. No, he's, he's not. Yeah. No, and he already said this is a one-off deal. So. Yeah. 
And he's uh, rocking out with Fozzie, you know. They're doing a, they're doing their tour, they're doing their thing, and he's doing his podcast. So, dude, it's in my mind. I'm sorry. There you I go. Like this song. That's a good song. <laughs> you should put that as one of the uh, uh, splitters of the podcast. Yeah, that's a great song. Um, and that was raw. You know, that was pretty much raw. Uh, Paige retired. Um, can't oh, let that go. Yeah. Uh, so she came out to uh, you know the Absolution. Absolution did their thing, and then Absolution left her. And then Paige actually gave the shoot retirement speech where she can't wrestle anymore. Uh, pretty good, pretty emotional. But then kind of lost its luster when she came out 24 hours later to be the new general manager of SmackDown. Exactly. And I did. This was another opportunity we're talking about managers. I didn't understand why she just couldn't. I, I didn't mind her retiring. Obviously, we sure. know she can't wrestle. But why couldn't she be just an involved manager with Absolution? Because I don't think either one of these girls can talk. No, exactly. they can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we know Paige can. So it's like Absolution was a good team. Obviously, it would have been better if Paige could still, you know, rumble. But she can't. So mm-hmm. manager right there. Exactly. Yep. I agree. And maybe Vince didn't like it. And he's yeah. just abolishing all managers. Because yeah. okay. that was a good one, too. Yeah. So Andre, so CN, Alma, he's, he's finished then. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if she uh, if she loses Elena Vega, and we talked about yeah. that earlier, then he's done. He's, he's on the mid-card of NXT, if anything else. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Paige retiring, and then coming back as a... And then that's just kind of... Before we uh, segue into SmackDown, which we don't really have too much to talk about there. Anything else on Monday Night Raw? I mean, it was the biggest Raw. Um, they came out with the crowd was pumped, as they usually always, are. Always, always. For, uh, for the one after WrestleMania. I mean, they started it off with Ronda Rousey putting uh, Stephanie in an armbar again. Um, so... Good that they have Rondo on there. Brock wasn't on the show. You mentioned that earlier, yeah. Jim and Jason. Brock should have at least made a cameo appearance or something. something. He's the champion. He was in the main event of your WrestleMania the night before. But um, I'm not sure. Anything else on Monday Night Raw, guys? No. Nope. They started to talk about the Superstar shakeup almost immediately, and they've been advertising it for a week, so that's going to happen shortly after this podcast. So on our next podcast, on our number 49, we're going to talk about the Superstar shakeup. Uh, SmackDown. Best show of the week. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Honestly, there was nothing really to speak of here except <laughs> Carmella cashed in, which we all uh, knew was coming um, at some point in time. And I, I did like the debut of the Iconics, though. Uh, Peyton Royce and uh, yeah, I always forget the other girl's name. But, um, Me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's her name? Um, Billy Kay. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Good job. Yeah, uh, I just wrote it down. That's the only way uh, I know it. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I did like them uh, coming up. I've, I've actually always been a big fan of Peyton Royce. I think she's really good on the mic. Peyton really Royce is good. So. Uh, kind of interested to see what they do with them, and I thought it was a good way to get them involved by having them beat up uh, Charlotte right away. So, is there an oversaturation of the women's division at this point in time? Are there too many women? Because you need Royal Rumbles and Battle Royals and things like that to get them all in. I, but, keep, I keep saying they need their own pay per view. Yeah, they will. Uh, they I think have they enough do. now. They need they need to have that at least once, maybe in this year. Yeah, because they've they've gotten every other milestone. They got a Money in the Bank match. They got a Hell in the Cell match. Uh, they had a TLC match. They had a last woman standing match. They had that on NXT. They had a women's Royal Rumble. They had a women's Battle Royal at WrestleMania. So, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I don't feel it's oversaturation. The women are saving some of these shows. I mean, what did we say the best show, the best match of uh, WrestleMania was? It was the one that Ronda Rousey was in. Right, and the second Smack- best match was Charlotte and Oscar. <laughs> right, exactly. Which is a women's match. Exactly, and then you look at SmackDown. Only thing we're talking about right now is the women. You know <laughs> right, what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I, I think I think so they, it's just, they're just doing enough. it just right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say. I mean, if you're calling it oversaturation of women's division, then it's definitely oversaturation of the men's division. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, maybe they need to oversaturate uh, the or undersaturate uh, the men yeah, and give I, the women more play. Yeah, I I would agree with that. So, and and that's good too because they got two titles and they're they're still running through. And then I think they're 
the women ruled the show, you know, this year. You know, we're talking about the main thing. And, and Nicholas looks like a girl, so, I mean, we're talking about that, too. <laughs> so, uh, what else did we have? Um, you know, that that's pretty much it. Paige is the new GM. We talked about that. Shinsuke, no speaking English. We talked about that, and he got the heel turn. They still talked about the greatest Royal Rumble coming up. They still talked about the Superstar shakeup, And that's it. Um, let me. What is happening to SmackDown, man? Like... I think they, they need to shake up. That's that's the shake up. Here's something to everybody's point. That is the fifth night of at something WWE. They have Hall of Fame, NXT, WrestleMania, Raw, and by the time SmackDown comes, which is the fourth event in the Smoothie King Center in five days, that crowd was dead. Yeah. Um. There. There's really nothing left. SmackDown is the bastard child of WrestleMania, apparently. And but they need to do something with it. It is live. Use it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Use it. And with the superstar shakeup, that could mean a lot of different things. But SmackDown still two hours, Raw still three. So two hundred five live still on after uh, SmackDown. Yep. So technically they do get more action, but they get two hundred five live. So I don't know. And it's kind of funny because you know we we complained a lot about Raw being three hours. We and did. It's like oh they should go to two, and then it's like you get a two hour live event, and it's. You're not, not doing nothing with it. Yeah, exactly. I will say AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan did have a good uh, two-segment match, uh, which was the main event on SmackDown. But it was sort of an ABC match. You know, nothing stre- nothing spectacular, nothing out of the way. But it, they, they did work hard. So they both had a good match. And Shinsuke got over more as a heel. So I think they're going to rely. I, I, if Daniel Bryan stays there, I think they're going to rely on him a lot to try and carry SmackDown. I hope so. Yeah. A- especially with the in-ring performances because yeah. he's going to do it. So that's um, that's pretty much it. That's WrestleMania in a nutshell. Um, so let's uh, just go around. Uh, let's do. Let's see. What's uh, I have a tangent? Sorry, you have a tangent. Yeah. I was gonna say. Go ahead. All right. So you just had playing on the background the Andre the Giant. I did um, documentary. Yes. One of the things mentioned in that was that they were saying that Andre was an attraction, right? Yes. And they were like, you shouldn't use somebody like Andre every week right. because he would like lose his luster. So he would get sent to all these different territories all the time. Exactly. Does this concept no longer exist in wrestling? You mean the that, attraction? Yeah, time? the attraction. Because I feel like, you know, we kind of was talking a little bit about this with Ronda Rousey. It's like, yeah. I feel like everybody just gets used. Like, there is no attractions. But I just wanted to get you guys. Because like, I don't know if Brock is considered an attraction because Brock is part-time and he chooses to be part-time. Mm-hmm. I believe if Brock said, I'm ready for full-time schedule, they'd be like, oh, yes, please. Yeah, you let's know. do it. Right, exactly. So, is this like no longer a thing? I don't think there's an attraction like Andre the Giant. Uh, Andre the Giant could work. He could sell. He could make you believe. Like that documentary said, by the way, watch that documentary on HBO if you haven't already. Um, it's, you got to be a special kind of person to be an attraction. Brock Lesnar is... What did, what did he say? The epitome of shit. Uh, he's not an attraction because he doesn't deliver. There's nothing that he... The last good match that he had was with The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell a couple of years ago. That's it. So, I don't think there are attractions. I think there can be, like when we talked about The Demon, which we didn't get at WrestleMania. Like, Ronda Rousey could be, but she's going to work full-time for the WWE. Go ahead. I, well, I, I just want to say, I, I think the closest thing you have to a an attraction in wrestling now is Braun Strowman. And the reason that, like I say Like a carnival that, type attraction. It's, right. It, it's, 
you want to tune in to see what he's going to do this week. You know, what's he going to flip over next? Right. You know, <laughs> right. kind of thing, you know or whatever. So it's kind of the same deal. But at the same point, when it's week after week of the same thing, it gets old. And you're right. There, there is no attraction in the way it used to be when there were territories because – Everything is national now. Well, yeah. everything's really worldwide. 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 Um, you know, so... It, it's, everything's on social media, CM. Oh, see, I wouldn't even... I, I knew nothing about that. <laughs> um, but I think that's, like, the big difference now. I think there are still attractions, but there are no attractions like they used to be, yeah. the way that they used to be set up. So, um, you know, but, you know, is is what it is. It's a yeah, sign, of, sign of the times. Just, to, just to follow up on one of your points, yeah. I don't think you can have an attraction in the WWE anymore because it is worldwide. It is international. Mm-hmm. But you can still have the attraction on the indie scene, for example, the Micro Wrestling Federation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of like what Andre was doing. He was traveling in different territories mm-hmm. where they were traveling around different cities, running a show or two, and then moving on to the next city. Yeah. So I think you can have it on the lower, you know, the indie scene. The sure. Not it's the good, national scene. It's a good point. Like yeah. the Bullet Club or the Young Bucks are the same exactly. kind of deal. You, know, you want to go see them, but because you can't always see them. Well, you can because I guess they're supposedly they're on that social media thing and all too. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah but I that's get, something yeah, you want to go see live for yourself. You right. know what I mean? Uh, you want to be in that kind of environment where you're around that. In the WWE, when you're seeing it on TV on the network, uh, you know, even that that when you go to a live event, that's where you're going to get the attractions. But I don't think you can have a like Jamie Jason said a specific attraction like an Andre the Giant. I don't think we can have something like that anymore. I mean. Even the big show wasn't an attraction. He was just a he was a full time worker. Because he was the son of Andre. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. He was Andre's son. That's what they said. Um, but there's, I think the attractions now are the matches or the gimmicks. I'd say Hell in a Cell is an attraction. TLC is an attraction. Royal Rumble is an attraction. WrestleMania is an attraction in itself. It's become bigger than its own event. You know what I mean? It's that's the worldwide thing that everybody knows is WrestleMania. Um, so I don't think a person can be an attraction, big ugly. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think any one individual has attraction value to be as big as the business needs to be? Um. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't think. I. I, I don't think they're attraction. I completely agree with you guys. I, I just wanted to see what you guys thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the attraction is. I mean, you can see everything on the network. They now have WCW Saturday Night, WCW Thunder. Um, you know, all kinds of stuff on the I network. D- I do agree. The first person you mentioned was Finn Balor's demon character. And we talked about him earlier, but I do yeah. think that if they start playing him up more, like playing that demon character up more, when we see it, that could be a really big attraction. You yeah. Know, people clamoring to see it. it. But they have to play it up. They don't. Yeah. You know, but. And I think more of that storyline was about the Miz in and around WrestleMania, and then they swerved us and have Seth Rollins win the title, which is fine, the Intercontinental title, which is a good match to lead off the show, by the way. Yeah. But I think the, the Finn demon would have overshadowed what the story they were trying to tell. Yeah. Do you think, what if they have decided to stop using that's that bad. demon character? That's bad. Because, I mean, like, you know, Finn has gotten, like, he's gotten his little new logo thing, and they're selling merch, I'm, I'm assuming, with that, you know. Yeah, they're still like, selling merch for the, uh, the the demon, too, though. You know? Oh, okay. Maybe it's not yeah. on front page of com, but they're still yeah. selling it. I think that there's value in that entrance. Uh, especially when we talked about all the entrances at WrestleMania, that would have been a perfect place to have the demon, that you know, that kind of spectacle on that kind of level. Because we haven't seen the demon since, I said SummerSlam, we talked about that. One more tangent, and I'm out. Go ahead. When does Ronda Rousey stop smiling? Oh, man. That's a Vince thing. 
in my opinion. And I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on this too, uh, CM Funk and Jam and Jason. But because she's an, an attraction within the attraction, uh, she, they want her to come out and they want her to smile for pictures. They want her to smile to be engaging so that people look at her and think she's cute and pretty and all that stuff. But then when she gets in the ring and the bell rings, it's kind of like Festus. <laughs> Remember when Festus, when the bell rang, he, and then yeah. the bell rang and he was like retarded or something? And I, I apologize if that was too political for you. Now now people are really going to stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> Um, but that's the thing. When the bell goes on, Rhonda's demeanor changes and she goes right into fight mode. But then when it's over, she starts smiling again. So I mentioned this to you guys as a while back. I mean, I think it takes away – does it take away from Ronda Rousey's you know, badass character? Maybe, maybe not. If it's the sports entertainment world, I think it can be balanced. If it's the UFC world, she don't smile at all. Yeah. You know, I'm feeling? Because my thing is when she first got introduced, like maybe those first couple times that she came out – she wasn't technically in a feud yet. I get the smiling. Like, she's happy to be here. You know, she's signing contracts, whatever. But it's like, you're coming out to see Stephanie McMahon, who you've already, you know, had a match with and are feuding with. Why are you smiling? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should be coming out for blood. Like, I, you, you, at this point, you don't, you should be engaging your enemy, not like not playing the to the crowd. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, we're done with that now. You're, you're in the WWE. You know, I'm ready for you to just be a bad A superstar. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, CM. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with Big Ugly. Um, I, I think at this point, yeah, it was, it was cool when she was new, but. Yeah, she's established in a sense now, so uh, time to go full into character and, and stay there as soon as you come out of the curtain. Okay. Jamin? Yeah. I figured some of it at WrestleMania was just her natural emotion. This is my first big-time yeah. WWE match ever in front of 70,000 people at WrestleMania. It's hard to hold it, that back. It probably was, yeah, it was very difficult to hold it back. So hopefully at some point she'll evolve to the point that she's not walking out yeah. with this big smile on her face. Yeah, and now that she's got it under her belt, she's yeah. experienced it. So yeah. now maybe she can... Deep. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely right. But I'm excited to see what Ronda Rousey does next. She's on the Saudi Arabia show, I think. I think she's on the overseas tour as well. Uh, she's being booked in live events. They don't say what she's going to be doing, but they say she's going to be there in action. I'm so not sure if she's on the open. Saudi Arabia show. Cause really? I don't think any women... No, they're not allowed. Yeah, they're allowed. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Well, they did that once last year with uh, what was it, Sasha? Sasha and yeah, uh, I think or Dubai. Oh, uh, you're right. So, okay, I do understand about that. So, she, I think she's booked on the overseas tour, though. Probably yeah. not Saudi Arabia, but like the UK tour or something yep. like that. Yep. Um, so, WrestleMania is what it was. So coming up, the uh, greatest Royal Rumble in WWE history from Saudi Arabia. 50 superstars. Uh, we'll talk about that next time. Also, leading up to Backlash. Ten days later. Uh, right. Ten days later. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh, ten days later, we got Backlash, a co-branded pay-per-view. And then after that, I think it might even be Payback, and I think that was slated to be in Baltimore, if, if I remember correctly, but I don't remember any tickets being on sale. Payback's coming to Baltimore? That's what I thought I heard. Um, oh, I, is that wrong? I, there's, a is smack, that there's a SmackDown coming yeah, to Baltimore Yeah, SmackDown in coming in May, yeah. So I doubt Payback's there. Uh, maybe that was the initial list that I saw, but there is a SmackDown coming here in May. But, you know, maybe not Baltimore, but that's okay. Because WrestleMania is going to be in MetLife Stadium next year, and I'm already in touch with those folks. Uh, so, you know, we're all going to WrestleMania next year. So save you money because uh, we're going to get the experience, uh, and it's going to be good. Good! So, oh, let me throw one more tangent in there. Um, I think Coach is still getting his feet wet back in the company, but I love how Coach and Byron Saxton are at each other's throats on one show, and Byron Saxton and, uh, I'm sorry, Coach... Coach and uh, Corey, Graves. Corey Graves, I'm sorry. Coach and Corey Graves are the throats for one show, 
and the other one is um, Corey Graves and, and Byron Saxon. Yeah, I like it because he's not a heel. I love Corey Graves. He's like the voice of WWE right now. He's not a heel, but he does take the stance of I know more than you about professional wrestling. Right. Yeah. So I like it. It's good stuff. Plus, Mauro Ronaldo probably almost had a heart attack when he was calling the NXT thing. I actually saw a video of him calling the uh, the ladder match, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Mama me!" He kept throwing himself <laughs> back in his chair and screaming. Uh, so I love Mauro Ronaldo. I think that's great. So last comments about our WrestleMania podcast wrap up here. Let's start with Jam and Jason. Good, bad, indifferent. Let's go on a scale of one to ten. Let's do the scale this time. Scale of one to ten, WrestleMania. Just WrestleMania. The whole, oh, the, the whole, whole thing, the whole weekend. I'll, I'll give it a seven. Seven. I still had a good time. I mean, it was critical of WrestleMania, but the rest of the weekend was great, and I still had a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I give it a seven as well. I, uh, it was entertaining, you know, for the most part, and uh, there's just a couple of things that were uh, confusing, but okay. otherwise, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. Um, you know, I, I agree that there was some things definitely in it that was entertaining. Um, you know, as I said, I felt like there was more that I wanted out of it. SmackDown was a complete waste. Hmm. Um, NXT, I heard, was awesome. So I'm going to just give Please that watch a, it. I'm going to give that an A plus even though I ain't see it. And, uh, <laughs> Mud bump you your know, score up once you watch that, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Hall of Fame, um, I mean, it just sounded like it was a drag. More of a drag than, like, some of the other ones. So, yeah. Yeah. I like seven. Uh, I, I give seven. I just NXT was fantastic. Hall of Fame, you know, left something to be desired. Uh, WrestleMania was long, but there were some definitely good some points in it. Raw was fantastic. Uh, that just did, did not stop. And then by the time that was done, SmackDown just shouldn't have happened. So <laughs> you say they were still in the building. They're probably still trying to have SmackDown in the building, yeah, probably in the Smoothie King Center. But other than that, I give a seven overall. Looking forward to next year's WrestleMania. Um, Statue of Liberty, WrestleMania, uh, Liberty Crown, whatever they're going to call it. And uh, we're going to look forward to number 39, or uh, 49, I 49, should say, yeah. on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast when we come back in a couple of weeks. And on our way to 50, I think we're still planning to do that Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, still planning. I, I'm not exactly sure where we're going to have that. By the time we have our next podcast, we're going to know where we're going to have 50. And, uh, you know, invite all of the uh, former podcast interviewees to come to the mansion or wherever it's going to be. Uh, also to invite them online and Facebook Live and also on the telephones, any of our telephone numbers that you guys might have. Um, and we're going to have a great show on 50, and it's going to be whatever we're, the topic of the time, and then we're just going to take a Q&A. And just uh, shout out to everybody because we appreciate you listening. So, um, Big Ugly, final words for us on WrestleMania. Anything uh, at all? We've we've done the ratings. We have, we've had a great conversation here today. What do you have for us to cap off this podcast? We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. I wanted you to say it this time because the last time we put it, you're like, damn it. We didn't do it. So thank you to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling followers, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Facebook, hashtag, no Instagram. Hashtag. hashtag no hashtag. Why don't we just do that? Yeah. And it's going to be hashtag no hashtag, and I'm going to put it up there, and you won't see it because I, I won't. not but, online. But I appreciate all the likes anyway. So. Yes. <laughs> So thank you to CM Funk for Print that. stuff out, mail it to him. I like the old wrestling newsletters. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There they still go. have stamps. <laughs> yeah, they still exist. We can do that. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. How much you, is a stamp? You, you can actually like me through the U.S. mail and all the special <laughs> service. It's good. We like CM Funk through the yeah. U.S. mail. So we'll be back next time on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Listen to this. Like it. Share it. Subscribe to it. Follow it. And uh, we'll just end it as we end everything. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. We out.